Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Luis Martinez, and with me, as always, Marissa Cromwell. Hey, Marissa, what's up? Hello. Our lovely studio audience is always happy to uh, see us. And for the first time ever, you're able to hear that. Yep. Yeah, I had to really... You fixed the problem. Yeah, I really had to had to uh, do some creative programming on my on my end. It really, it was, a, it was one of those things where it's like, I know I can fix it. I know I can fix it. And I did, but it was really one of those things that was really bothering me for a while. Because I just couldn't hear hear the uh, recording. Hear the recording. You couldn't hear the sounds coming from my end. It was like, what the fuck is going on? But now, for a while, I was even... I mean, I might still go ahead and do this. But I was even thinking of getting an, uh, a new, a brand new mixer. Because my equipment is... I've been using the same equipment for, I want to say, at least nine years. Nine, eight years. Yeah, you need new equipment. That's probably what it is. Sorry, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think they make the the same audio equipment. I mean, I found it on on Amazon years ago. Bought it, and uh, but I don't. They think... make sound equipment, but they're more up to date stuff now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, and and equipment ready made for for podcasting. Now those are a little bit more expensive, so I'm probably not gonna go for like the more high end. Like, I'm not going to get a roadcaster or anything because those things are like 500 bucks. Jesus. For 500 bucks, what you could do for that, get some like audio, mix, get like a brand new audio, along with uh, basically doing some uh, visual stuff as well, too. Well, that's what I want to do. I want to get a, uh, I, I really want to get a, a, a new mixer. I found one on eBay for like a l less than 100 bucks. That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. I want to get at least a new microphone. Yeah. Uh, I heard that. Yeah, no, Dante's watching. Something. Yeah, I can hear that from the from the background, and uh, I actually kind of want to get a boom, uh, like a like a boom arm, because the microphone that I'm on that I'm on right now is like a little microphone stand that's up to my desk and everything, but I really would like to get like one of those arm mics. So, but that's like at least a little more towards the future. Yeah. And at least have the mixer have be able to put in more more than two two microphones because I really would like to at least maybe in the future maybe invite more people onto the podcast. I don't know. Maybe if we can get more people, who are we gonna get really? I don't know, but hey, a guy can dream. So uh, I mean, I, I got a few people that I can invite, but I, I don't know. One of them is too busy uh, streaming their games on Twitch now. They're actually trying to make money off of that, which is actually going very well than what I could do because, of course, they got the video and the audio. They got everything, and I'm just here going, I use the PlayStation because I, I don't have the time and money to get, like, three different screens, get a brand-new laptop, 
hook everything up and get a capture card and all that shit. Well, here's well, well, you know, That's I too much time and energy to do. Yes, but you know what? I've um, I've started to um, well, here's well, here's something that I've done recently was um, was that I decided to uh, go ahead and um, and back something on Kickstarter. And um, this is like my second time that I backed something up on Kickstarter. The first time I backed anything up was that somebody was trying to make a modern Nintendo 64 controller. Yeah. And I loved I loved that controller. It's really, really good. In fact, they, they, they even went ahead recently and made a wireless N64 controller. So I want to so I have my eye on that one in the near future. But one thing I uh, I started. Um, but one thing I uh, I looked at that I did back up was something called the uh, the Shadowcast. It's by a company named Genki. They're the ones that also did the um, the Covert Dock, which is a dock that I actually do have. It's pretty nice. And the Shadowcast seems. Pretty simple. What it is is an it's an is an HDMI output device. Yeah. To where you can game on your computer. Like, like, like I can put this on behind my Switch or behind my uh, PlayStation Five. But it, but again, it's HDMI out. So I'm also thinking, okay, maybe I can also do the same thing for my for my other wet, retro cons, like for my other consoles as well. Especially those that support HDMI out. Yeah. So I'm able to put it on my computer screen, and there's a video, there's a video option to where I can record and stream the content at the at the same time. So, so now I'm thinking that oh maybe I can start uh, recording and capturing and putting it out there for everybody to to. You know, listen. You know, to 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 see. So, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll mess with that as soon as I get it. Because it seems like a pretty. It, it is. It, it is like a cool cool little idea. And uh, and apparently, there's not that much of a difference in lag. Yeah. So so we'll see because that was one thing that we're saying as well. Like, oh, we want to we want this thing to to not be so laggy, and and they even put up a price comparison uh, on how much uh, cheaper this device is compared to an actual fully you know fully fledged fleshed out uh, capture capture card. Like for example, it's forty bucks, right? Right. Compared to an Aver Media capture card, which is $130. And an HDMI and an Elgato HD60S, which is like $180. So at least that is cheaper. 
Yeah. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. And who knows? Maybe we can, uh, you know, record the gameplay. Uh, I, I've, I've even said, hey, let's set up some uh, Pokemon matches between you and me. Yeah. Let's see if I can beat you for once. You're not going to beat me. I can try. I'm always... I'm always, you're probably just going to take out one Pokemon like you usually do on mine. You're always usually able to take out at least one Pokemon on mine, but then I use my comeback and then, yeah, well, we, we know how that usually goes. Again, I, again, we'll see. We'll see. But anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I so yeah, I backed it up. We'll see when it'll when it'll get here. And uh, I can't wait to start playing with it pretty much. But yeah, so some things have happened since the last episode. Uh my family is no longer in quarantine. So we got that going for us and literally uh you know, the day that we did the podcast, that's when I got the 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 um the text the message they can go back to work yeah the yeah. text message confirmation that okay i'm i'm negative which was like yay <laughs> and um and i tried and i called back my job and told them hey i'm good to go and everything they fucking didn't tell me that i was good to go to work until literally the next day the that next night really yeah. It was like fucking um Yeah. Yeah, that Saturday night I was watching the uh the UFC fight and they called me like a 9:30, 9:35 and it was like And 930 9:30 is when I usually try and be out of the house. I'm like I I should be out of the house, you know, my stuff ready, coffee in hand. I'm in my uniform, I'm out the door. And in my car. Yeah. 9.30, I should be in my car already. But they didn't tell me until fucking around that time. So I was like, what the fuck? But anywho's, yeah, they, you know what? I managed to catch at least the end of that fight, which I was super happy because I really wanted to watch that fight. Now, here's <laughs> here's the fucked up thing, right? Right. So I was gonna. So I was telling my dad, like, "Oh, hey, let's let's." Um, it, it was that UFC, Conor McGregor versus uh, Dustin Poirier fight. Yeah. And I was telling my dad, "Hey, let's let's split the cost and and buy it on on uh, ESPN Plus, because we have yeah. ESPN Plus." And we decided not to do that, and instead. Try and watch it on the Methods Network. Yeah. <laughs> and and, it, and save that $70 pay-per-view cost. And it turned out to be a pretty smart decision since online everybody was complaining about how they paid $70 and could not watch that fight. 
Yeah, she didn't really be talking about this on the internet. <laughs> worried about, you know, us, you know, going to, going, you know, to federal prison or some shit for copyright issues. You think I should, I should cut this out? I don't know if you want to. I don't think so. And, but, but. Not but, like they can do anything. <laughs> I mean. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm just trying to point out the fact that ESPN Plus, uh, their shit crashed during the fight. Yeah, they probably got the wires fucked up. Like, going, hey, for anyone who's le- who not legally streaming this, we're going to try to get, you know, get them. And it was so funny because uh, Dana White, the UFC president, was like saying, oh, we're going to go after the streamers. Well, they went after the wrong ones. Yeah, they went after themselves. <laughs> so when he said he's going after the streamers, he meant himself too. So that was pretty funny. But you know, but you know, during the quarantine, I was trying to do I was watching like a couple of new shows. You know what's one show that I started watching and I know you're going to be surprised as soon as I say, "Oh, I'm watching this show." What show are you watching? I'm watching a show called The Rookie. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know uh, what the show's about, it stars uh, Nathan Fillion as a uh, 40, 45-year-old divorcee dad who, who uh, you might say could be going through a midlife crisis. Like he... Um, like he was he was involved in a bank robbery, but that kind of inspired him to join the LAPD. Yeah. And he joins the LAPD as a rookie. Like literally, he's like one of the oldest rookies on the force. And again, I some people might uh might be surprised to hear that considering my Stance on police in general. Like, trust me, I'm one of those people that is that that does say, "Let's defund the police," and I mean it. Let's defund them. There already are. You can't defund them anymore. We can't always defund. Hey, hey, they always defund schools. They always defund schools, social programs. Let's. Let's defund the police. But we just did defund them, remember? What more can we do to them? Oh, we could do a lot. Not really. Like, I I say let's get rid of their qualified immunity. How about that? How about every time they fuck up and get in trouble, it they have to pay for it, not the not the taxpayer. Uh, now, now yeah, you're thinking I, about it. Now you're thinking about it. Well, yeah, we're on the way, though. You know, that's where our taxes are going to. So there you go. Yeah, because what was it? Like, I think last year, uh, somebody put up an ad on Times Square right next to the police station saying that the tax, the, the New York City taxpayers shelled out like um, like hundreds of millions of dollars for lawsuits against the NYPD. Yeah. For shit that they did. 
Okay, so so I'm watching this show, and and uh, I may have had a not a complete change of heart, but at least a change of attitude. And I come to realize, okay, you know what? Maybe not not every cop or not every cop is bad. I told you, I've been telling you that. You know, maybe there are some cops legitimately out there that want to do their job. They want to they want to help people as much as they can. They they really want to do. Yeah. You know, they became a cop because they want to do do that kind of a job, right? Yeah, which is what I told you what my aunt did. And being a cop, I'm sure, is incredibly stressful. It's incredibly... I can't... I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, no, can you really, you know, have the guts or the audacity to go and shoot someone if you have to? Well, here's the thing. Before I watched that show, I was watching the, the Night Stalker documentary. Yeah. You know, uh, Richard Ramirez... Oh, yeah. You know, crazy fucking guy, start, you know, kills a bunch of people. He was Hispanic too, so there you go. Oh my god, that's that was so <laughs> How does that make you feel? Hey, but you know what? At the very least, the guy, uh, one of the detectives was that was after him was also Hispanic, so yeah, take that for what you will. I know, but um, he was that guy was fucking nice stalker was actually very smart if you think about it. He knew how to avoid the, the the cops. Well, not only that, but but uh, what was it like? I think in the very first episode, the cops were under the impression that they were going that they were going after like two or three people. They were going people. after a white guy. Yeah, yeah, no, not just a white guy, but they were going after like multiple different people. Like the one guy, yeah, well, one well, guy because- for sexual assault, one guy for child kidnapping, one guy for like killing yeah. people. Which was. Which is the same Which is the same thing. You're looking for whoever fits the description. But the thing is, they didn't. Do you know how many? They didn't know. They didn't know it was all those things were being. He was everywhere. Were being perpetuated by one person. One yeah. person was doing this, not three people. No. You know, and because I think it sounds like a three person. If you really think about it, it does sound like a three person job. And the thing is, you know, you're, you know, you're hearing all these testimonials. Like, for example, uh, on the show, on the documentary, you're talking to a, to a survivor recounting her story of how, like, she was kidnapped in the middle of the night. She was a little girl. She got, uh, you know, Richard Ramirez did things to her, uh, possibly forced himself on her sexually. More, yeah, more than likely. a four-year-old boy. More Where was he? Was he, like, Three or four, yeah, he did it to a, a little boy as well too. Yeah, to yeah, and and um, and yeah, he 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 let he let the kids, he let he at least let those kids go, and as heart wrenching and 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 so and and as sad, hearing it from 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 their point of view from from their story. Yeah, man. You also get, you also, in hindsight, you're like going, man. As fucked up as it sounds, you, they got off easy because it could have been. They did not get off easy, not mentally. Not, not, not mentally, not mentally. But think about, but think about 
the other shit that Richard Ramirez has done to other yeah. victims. Like he has he has fucking mutilated them. He has fucking killed them. Like so it could have been they could have been dead. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Again, not that they got off again, they didn't get off easy, but considering they didn't end up dead is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like fuck, hindsight is fucking 2020 and and yeah, I mean they I guarantee you though they probably do wish they were dead there after that after an incident like that. I'm sure they must have gone through years of therapy. Years and years in therapy. And and it's sad. It really is sad. But you know what? I couldn't be one of the police officers who were like first on the scene had to go into a house they, and see having to see that imagine being a police officer and i imagine they they've they seen that is the worst that they have seen like you, there will always be at least that one person that fucking snaps and goes on a killing rampage imagine having to be the one having to not well not to remove the body but to examine everything in that house to the blood to everything else in the carpet and shit like that and 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 the lead de- and one of the detectives on on the case, you know, like the Latino detective, I think, I think his name was Gil something. Gil, you know, that he made catching Richard Ramirez his top priority to the detriment of 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 possibly ignoring his family and and maybe even his own health because there were times where where. He would come home from work after, after you know, an eighteen-hour shift, get yeah. maybe two, three hours of sleep before being called in to go into to work again. Yeah, were your parents around in the U.S. when that shit happened? You know what? I was thinking about that. I don't think so. I think you maybe. Don't think so? I think maybe my. Mom may have been already here. I don't. I don't know about my dad. Um, yeah. I haven't asked her what she did during, if she was already here during the eighties. I think my grandmother was or was or. I mean, she's she's lived in the United States quite a few years already. So yeah, I know for a fact that she was probably here during the eighties. But I don't know. It's hard for me to talk to my grandmother because again, the the the, the language barrier. You yeah. know, she, she speaks more predominantly Spanish. My Spanish is dog shit, broken. to say the least. Your, your, your Spanish is basically broken. No, my uh, my grandparents, you know, of course, you know, everyone was born and then raised in San Fernando when that shit. He was in San Fernando because he was my, I can talk to my grandparents about this. I, I talked to my mother about this. He was over the news. My mother remembers as a teenager, she could not leave the house at nighttime because that's when he would be out and everything. And he was already shooting people in their cars. Oh, but my yeah, mother yeah, said yeah. the reason that he probably didn't come over to their house is because my grandfather always stayed up. My grandfather is a night, it's basically a night person. He would sleep during the day a lot, but be up at night. And he already had a gun at the time. That's probably why, because he didn't come into houses when people were awake. Right. He only came in when, you know, when they're asleep. But, 
but yeah, no, because because I do remember my family, because uh, we predominantly had lived in uh, in down near downtown LA. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason uh, why that's they the weren't... reason why he didn't he didn't come over. Yeah, because you're mainly known in the upper area, like of course, like San Fernando, of course, near the other parts of uh, LA. Now. Now the funny thing about that is that is that uh, is that we were maybe three blocks away from the epicenter of the uh, of the nineteen ninety two L A riots. Yeah. So when the power went out, our power was out too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was um, so we we were experiencing that. But you know, what? but my whole point of but again, my point of view was that uh, of cops have changed. So maybe not all cops are bad. Maybe ninety nine percent of cops are um, have, are trying to do, you know, a good job. Yeah. But that means that one that there's a one percent of bad cops out there. Yeah. The problem is that that one percent. That's a that's a lot of cops. That is. And I'm not talking about. You know, one percent of LAPD cops. I'm talking about one percent of all cops nationally. Yeah, that's a lot of cops. Mm-hmm. So my my views on that has changed, but again, I'm I'm enjoying the rookie. I'm watching it all. You know, it's uh, you know, it's on Hulu. Uh, the first two seasons are on there. Third, um, you know, you know, the third season it's it's barely getting uh they're barely coming out with the episodes in the third season. But yeah, I am pleasantly enjoying it, to say the least. And uh, you know what? So another show that I started to watch as well. Um I started rewatching uh The Ultimate Fighter because I have at least the first nine seasons of the Ultimate Fighter on my DVD shelf. Yeah. I used to buy them back in the day, uh, going into Best Buy. So I'm rewatching the first season of the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, it's a it's a time warp, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, maybe I'll talk about about it some more in the near future. But uh, you know, as that is my uh, sport of choice, uh, you know, another game that I started to play, and I know you know this. Uh, I was cleaning up my room and was setting up my, uh, you know, this was back when I was in quarantine mode, so I was really, you know, thinking of okay. I was getting a little tired of playing just playing on my Switch, so I was like, you know what? Let me set up my PSP, my 3DS. My uh, DSi, my DS Lite, and my Vita, right? Right. And in setting it up, I realized, oh wait a minute, I have some money on my on my Nintendo account. You know what? Let me. I'm gonna go ahead and buy a buy a Pokemon Crystal. I never, I never owned it. <laughs> the first time that you get to play as a female. I know, I know. You know what? What was so funny. Was that I would always around that time. Remember Blackbuster? You tell me. Do I remember 
Driver Mero Blockbuster. Yeah. Lewis, I may be younger than you. I'm not that fucking young. Jesus. Yes, I remember. Well, what, what, do what, did you ever, uh, uh, did I ever rent games from Blockbuster? Yeah, did you ever rent games from Blockbuster? Yes, when I had I, when I had my Nintendo 64. Yeah, because uh, that was around the time that I barely got a Nintendo 64 because I got the Pokemon edition Nintendo 64. But yeah, no, I remember picking up a bunch of Pokemon games for Nintendo. Uh, that's how I found out about the Power Ranger Rescue game. <laughs> Oh my god, those god awful games. No, <laughs> no, uh, my copy of uh, Pokemon Stadium I bought from from Blackbuster. I think it even has the uh, Blackbuster seal on top of my copy of uh, Pokemon Stadium. Oh god, how did that make you feel? Old, and, and in that, and back then, I would always, um, Rent a copy of Pokemon. I forgot it was either Pokemon Gold or Pokemon Silver. I forgot which one it was. For Game Boy, for the or for the Nintendo sixty four. Well, po well, well, Pokemon Gold, Pokemon Silver, those are for the Game Boys. Yeah, but Pokemon Gold and Silver was for uh, Nintendo sixty four because that's a Pokemon Stadium too. Well, no, 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 no. That's if you had that add on. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you had that add-on uh, that can read, that was like the cartridge reader for the uh, for for Game Boy, yeah, Game Boy remember, Colors. Oh God! Remember though, you needed to get to get one thing to get the game to get your data. You had you had like a whole little pack there. And in fact, and in fact, now that I remember correctly, Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver they didn't even work on the first. Uh, Pokemon Stadium. It was Pokemon Stadium. No, they didn't. Poke it was Pokemon Stadium Two. Yeah, that they, they worked on, but you had to get a new on, yeah. one though for that. No, no, I even do you one better. Back in the day, you know, if you have Pokemon Red, Pokemon uh, Blue, what's a Pokemon Blue? Yeah, Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue. Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, and Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. If you wanted to play it back in the day on Super Nintendo, you had to get the Game Boy, the Super Game Boy. Oh, God. I remember that. You know, you plug that bad boy into your Super Nintendo and boom, you, you, you can now play Game Boy games on your TV. More specifically, Pokemon games on your TV. And I know for some people, that may have been like a dumb thing to do. Like, oh... You got this portable system. Why are you playing portable games on your big screen? But because the fucking D, because of, not the D, the Game Boy. If you remember, the Game Boy did not have a light on the screen. Well, I know, right? That's why we had the TV. Even even when you had Game Boy Color, there was it was it wasn't backlit. I don't think. No, it wasn't. So you're just there in the dark going, huh, I wonder where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, you had oh, you to have, have to use a flashlight. Yeah, 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 you always had to have a source of light. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember those days. I, I remember getting, renting from Blockbuster at the time. I rented two games, Pokemon Snap 
and hey you pikachu that was the one where you got like a microphone oh you had to yes yes the yes microphone back of the controller to talk oh to pikachu. my god i remember that fucking game i fucking hated the game it made me want to this is how i this is why i hate pikachu as the main pokemon now fucking i hate pikachu hey you pikachu ruined it for me because the little rat bastard never listened to a fucking word i said <laughs> But he's a cute little rat bastard. I don't care. No, that rat bastard needs to die. It was a mistake. Asher, you know, evolved his Pikachu into a Raichu because Raichu is a fucking badass. I can say that with dignity and pride. Oh, my God. You know what? I still remember uh, on my birthday, my mom getting me a Pokemon Pikachu edition. Oh, God. That was my one of my favorite games on my phone, and it's one that I re rebought for my 3ds. So, so I'm I have that little gem on my 3ds. Well, me and my friends were laughing because you know remember how uh, Pokemon Yellow came out on the 3ds, of course. Yeah. So a bunch of so of course, my friend has a bunch of younger siblings. Okay. Never heard of fucking Pokemon Yellow. Don't even know anything about Pokemon Yellow. Everyone is fucking freaking out because Pikachu's out of his Pokeball walking around. And me and my friends were, of course, laughing at them because it's like, this came out in the 90s. Not only that, but that gimmick was reintroduced in Pokemon Soul Silver and uh, Heartfire. Yeah. Heart, oh, heart no, fire, heart games. fire gold. Remember, like, like, yeah, uh, what? Well, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with the Pokemon following you. Yeah, with your Pokemon following you. Yeah, no, no, they didn't even have those games. They started out with Pokemon Yellow for 3ds, and I'm here going, that's fucking sad if you think that's amazing. Then they look at Pikachu. It's a Pikachu following you around, and I'm like going, yeah, that's 90. They did, and then. My friend's siblings were arguing the fact that the game did not come out in the 90s, that this is a brand new game. It's like, no. It isn't. It's like, no, no, it's not. I was, we grew up in I, that era. I know. I was there. Exactly. <laughs> I was your age when this I, game came yeah, out. I was, exactly. I was your guys' age when this game came out. That was the most, that was the most exciting thing for me, of course, you know. So hey, Pikachu ruined it, but still. So either I'm a time traveler. <laughs> either I'm a time lord, or I'm calling bullshit somewhere. Oh, God. God, I fucking hate kids nowadays. This just barely came out. No, it didn't. That's just a rehash. <sighs> like with music nowadays. They believe that every song that they hear now is new, and I'm here going... No, it's not. This song came out when I was in either elementary school, middle school, or high school, depending on the depending on the band and the song. Well, you got to remember, these kids are on TikTok. Yeah, that's where they're getting it from. You know the little, you know TikTok with the audios and shit like that. Oh, look at this audio. That song has been out, but yeah. it's brand new. No, it's not brand new. It's it's really Some not. Some of the songs. Some of the songs is either from my grandparents' era or my mother's era. 
Uh, yep. Anyway. So yeah, that's that's what's been going on in my life. Uh, I blame TikTok. We all blame TikTok. Should we get on with the news? begin the news um, with some Jurassic World news. So uh, Jurassic World Dominion director Colin Trevero has revealed that the upcoming movie will conclude the story of all six Jurassic Park movies, not just the sequel trilogy. Okay, so... Trevero spoke about how Dominion will sink its teeth into the larger story of the franchise, which started with Jurassic Park back in 1993. So are we getting a remake of it? No, 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 no. It's still... It is still a sequel to... uh, to, to to the Jurassic World movies, but it's gonna it's gonna address all all six Jurassic, you know, all six movies, you know, just not you know Jurassic, you know, the three Jurassic Park movies as well as the three Jurassic World movies. It's my understanding. Okay then. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige has indicated that the connection to the multiverse will appear in the MCU before and after Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So it does look as though we're going to be exploring much of the multiverse in the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. I hope so. And it's going to be a thing that's going to... that's going to be a frequent uh, appearance. But one actor that we know isn't going to appear anytime soon. So, as we all know, uh, it it does appear as though Marvel's Spider-Man 3 movie is going to have a bunch of new, a bunch of different, possibly a bunch of different Spider-People from across the multiverse. Like, I'm... Oh, you're really surprised! Like I don't know. I'm 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 like like I think a lot of people are expecting well well Jamie Foxx uh, Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus I think is is set to appear in it. At rumor right now. Uh Toby yeah. Maguire and Andrew Garfield. One person that has denied rumors that he will be reprising his role as the Green Goblin is uh Dane Tahan has denied rumors that he will be reprising his Green Goblin role. There's not going to be... Is that going to be Willem Dafoe then? 
It's not gonna be Willem Dafoe or um, shit. What's what's that other dude's name? I don't know the other dude's name. Uh, I know who you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah. He his son. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause yeah, we always remember. Oh, James DeFranco. No, James oh, Franco. Okay. Not DeFranco. James Franco. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be appearing as well. But James Sahan, who who played Harry Osborn in in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, is not gonna reprise his role. So, and I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing because. I know Spider-Man 2 wasn't that good. I just don't care. I know you don't care. I don't care. My whole thing is, thing is, are we really going to complain that they're going more, that Marvel is going, is going more, more into the multiverse? No, because this is just going to be the start of it. But we... Now, once we start getting deeper into into the universe, then I'm going to start caring. And that's just going to be a whole shit show in itself. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But, okay, so, so it was announced a while back that we're getting a Deadpool 3 movie. Yep. And that it will be an, and it will be an R-rated movie. A first for for an MCU Disney character. Yep. Because let's be honest, Deadpool is a Disney character. He is. But but before anyone finds out what, what the hell is going on, apparently the original idea before Disney uh this Disney gets their hands on Deadpool 3 was that a, a According to Reynolds, the original plan for the sequel was to do a road trip story focused on Deadpool and want to take a wild guess on who was his uh, co-driver? Wolverine. Wolverine. How did I fucking know? Because I, I didn't. Because many Deadpool comics. Because I think I think Ryan. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, but I think Ryan Reynolds has been wanting. Wolverine to be a, a character yeah. for a long time. Yeah, he been wanting. He been bothering Hugh Jackman. I heard on social media about it. It's like, oh God, I want to have that relationship going in real life. It's just kind of like, is it like, is it like how it is? It like in the comics of Wolverine and Deadpool, where Wolverine is just fucking annoyed with De- with Deadpool's bullshit. Uh who knows? Who knows? But anyway, um, moving on. Uh, let's see what else. Let me see if there's any more Disney news before I... Doesn't look like it. Okay, so moving on to some... To some DC news. Uh, DC has announced we're getting four new animated short films. Go on. The films will be based on characters including Blue Beetle. You don't hear him too much anymore, okay? And Constantine. 
I'll watch you for Constantine. As well as the last boy on Earth called Mandy in Vertigo's The Losers. Don't know what that is, but okay, I'm just gonna go with it. Be like, going cool. Okay, Commandy focuses on the titular last surviving boy on Earth following a great disaster that resulted in animals becoming to possess human level intelligence and humans reverting to their baser instincts. And The Losers, which was turned into a comic book back in 2010, was, was turned into a uh, movie, excuse me. Back in 2010, follows a group of ex-Special Forces team attempting to wipe their names from a CIA kill list after being betrayed by their enigmatic handler. Okay, then. I might want to... I might check that out. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe! It's always interesting, but at the same time, though, I say a lot of things sounds interesting, and then I find it, you know, it wasn't as interesting as they let it on to be. Right. No, I no, I get you. Uh, yeah. Reportedly, the ma- the fourth Matrix movie title has been leaked. According, you need to stop it with the with these Matrix movies. According to a new league, the title for The Matrix 4 is allegedly The Matrix Resurrections. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of The Matrix, so I'm always going to watch those movies. Of course you are! Like, look at you! God! If anything, I would, I, I would, you know, assume that your whole fantasy and dream it to be in The Matrix fighting copies of yourself or some shit like that. Of only. <laughs> and and then people having to rely on you because you are the one. Oh my god, that would be awesome. I'm surprised you haven't legally changed your name change your name to Neo. Hey, 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 don't give me ideas. Oh god, that is one of your ideas. Uh, but no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not that. I'm not that big of a fan. I mean, God. I mean, I, I'm not out there wearing a fucking black trench coat. I'm surprised you're not and trying to dodge bullets by bending backwards in slow motion. Like I, like I, like. First of all, I'm not that type of doofus that was gonna that's that's gonna wear all black with a black trench coat on. I mean, it is trench coat season. Maybe in Washington, not in Los Angeles. I thought it was cold over there in Los Angeles. It's not that cold. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You're a weenus. Uh, Anyway. So, (laughs) Warner Brothers is offering a Justice League theme style meal kit called... Did I just hear that correctly? A Justice League meal? Yes. The fuck is that? Okay, okay. It's called the Mother Box. 
was. I just sound dirty and wrong. So the mother box is priced at $130. Why is it $130? That better be some good ass food. For a two person box and $260 for a four person box. Why that much? Is that food not meant to be eaten? Or are you just supposed to stare at it? Be like, like, this? Well, well, like well, 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 here's the thing. Uh, each box will include several pre-prepared refrigerated food courses and multiple drink options, all inspired by different Justice League characters or restaurants from the DC universe. I'm going to be the first one to say this. This sounds stupid. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So here's what you're getting. You're getting the Ocean Trench, which is basically fish and chips. I wish I could go to a cheaper restaurant for that. Big Belly Burger. Get it? Because that's the name of a, of a restaurant in the, in the DC Universe. Resurrection, some sort of corn-based dish. Ancient Damascarian Fire, which I love on this. It's just three question marks because no one knows what the fuck that is. Snacks and extras. Cool brow beer. And Jitters Coffee. Canned cold brew coffee. Lewis, I'm going to say it again. This sounds absolutely stupid. Who in the right effing mind would spend this much money just for a Justice League theme meal meal thing? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to justify that kind of cost either. Exactly! That food better be made out of some real, you know, gold or some shit. After eating that, I better be shitting out some gold. <sighs> oh, come on. You're thinking the same thing, too. Well, maybe not like that. But, uh... <laughs> speaking of Justice League, uh, we now have a confirmed release date. And it has been officially confirmed that the Justice League will be released on HBO Max on March 18th. Oh! Oh, they're finally getting done with this movie? Not only that, but instead of being a single, single four-hour, four-parts release, it is now going to be a full-length Max original feature film. No. I'm not fucking watching it. Well, I'm going to watch it. I'm not fucking watching it all in one day. I am going to watch maybe a half of it, watch another half another day, and watch another half the next day, and so on. There's no way I'm sitting through, what is that, a four-hour movie you said? Could be a four-hour movie. Yeah, fuck that shit. So yeah, no, no, I'm not watching it all in one day. I am going to watch it hour, an hour a day. Unless, unless there is something better to do that day, 
I like there, there's something else to where I could just watch a four-hour movie all day and not having to worry about things. No fucking way I'm doing that. Speaking of HBO I'm, Max, I wanted to get your opinion on this one. What? Uh, there's going to be... Is that there's going to be a Harry Potter TV series that's reportedly in early development. Yeah, you already told me about this, and I'm here going... People are not going to like it because if they don't get the original cast... In fact, one of the cast members is already dead. Fucking... No one is going to like it. Well, here's the name. So far, there's been, like, no story idea has been planned. Unless it's something, like, prequel-related, you know, before Harry's time. You know, like they did with the Fantastic Beast. Unless it's fucking something like that, that I can see people watching it. It would either have to be a prequel or a sequel series. Yeah. But, I don't know, a total reimagining of the series? Reboot it? That sounds like they're going to do books one through seven again. Which, which I, I mean, you could do a you could do a ten episode TV series about each book. Exactly, but at the same time, though, a lot of people are not gonna fucking like it. You know how you know how the internet is. They don't accept change. God, we're gonna get you know angry commenters going. You know this doesn't have you know the original cast members. In fact. Half the cats is possibly already dead. You know, it's going to be a whole giant thing on the internet. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, uh, it's... The internet is filled with assholes. We now have a new release date for Godzilla vs. Kong. It'll come out on March 31st. You going to watch it? Well, not only, I mean, yeah, we're also going to review it. Are you there? Okay. Yes, I'm here. I was just thinking. I'm like, oh, okay. You know what? I'm also going to go ahead and watch original Godzilla and original Godzilla versus King Kong. Just to see, just to see how well it holds up, you know? All right. I won't, well, oh man, maybe I should even watch I, the original I, King Kong. I've seen the original King Kong. I like the original King Kong. I just never saw the original Godzilla versus King Kong movie. That's like what I did not see. I haven't. I've never seen the original King Kong movie. How have you not seen the original King Kong movie? I've never seen it. You need to watch that one, and then you need to watch which one was the remake of King Kong, not the current one. But the one back in the early 2000s. Hold on, so... 2005. That was the one by Peter Jackson. Because here's the thing. I could watch the original 1993, 1933 King Kong movie that's on uh, HBO Max. Because, you know, HBO Max has a lot of those old, old movies. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch the the newer 
in 2005. This is the one by Pure Jackie which wanted his most expensive. He said it was an expensive making it with the budget was two, $207 million. Well, I mean, is it... I mean, is there a way we could, I could watch it online? Uh, or is this one of those things where I might have to rent it? Those are one of the things where you can find it online. But because of the fact I can't give you the site for, you know, reasons. But yeah, you, you can get it. Yeah, I think I might just stick to watching the original King Kong movie. Oh, you don't want to go through my way of watching it? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. What's uh, wrong with the way that I watch movies? Moving on. Oh, but do you know what this... But we're getting a a King Kong anime series. I'll watch it. Yeah, so Netflix has announced Skull Island, a new anime series set in the legendary MonsterVerse. It will be produced by Power Powerhouse Animation, the studio behind Castlevania. I know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, the series will involve a shipwrecked crew landing on an island full of monsters where one king rules them all. Yep. So, yeah. I, I recommend the 2005 one because it's the same director that did the Lord of the Rings series. Yep. So, so according to uh, AT&T, they highlighted that Warner Media has, uh, in its report of first quarter and full year results, have noted that HBO Max subscribers had doubled in the last year, and that may have been thanks to uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Okay then. Uh, let's see. You know what? I definitely want to talk about this. Uh, remember the uh, Disney Jungle Cruise ride? Yeah, we. Yeah, I used to go on that when I went to Disneyland. What about it? Well, here's the thing. Disney has announced plans to update its Jungle Cruise attraction at cool. Disneyland and Walt Disney World. After years of criticism over the rights, outdated and insensitive depictions of other cultures. Yeah, you think? What, what are you sending me now? Let's see, getting witchy in Los Angeles. 11 magical. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to post some something up occult, occult related or witchcraft related. You're welcome for that, Lewis. We can talk about that next time. Uh, we can talk. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay, so we're also getting a Game of Thrones animated series in early development at HBO Max. Oh. Don't do that to Game of Thrones. I like the I like the original live action. I hated the fucking last season, but I liked for what it was for. Yeah, you and everyone else hates the last season. I never saw the last season. All I know is that a character that I like ends up becoming a villain 
for no reason whatsoever. It wasn't even mentioned. They didn't even hint at it. They just left it like that. And it's like, but there needs to be a part of why she became a villain. Why would she do these things? You know, that kind of shit. No, just, I guess she just woke up one day. I feel like being evil. Somewhere off screen. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway. I'm sorry, but I would like to. I, I would like a plot for that. You know. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway. Uh, we're getting a Tomb Raider anime series in development at Netflix. I'm not really interested in Tomb Raider. I don't know why people keep thinking I am. Is it because is it because Laura Croft is supposed to be a sexy hot woman? I mean, she's not a sexy hot woman in the newer games. Yeah, in the new game, in the new newer game, she is. But everyone is like, is like going, don't you like Laura Croft? And I'm here going. I mean, let's, not really. I wasn't interested in the older games. I, I mean, let's. Really let, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. In the newer games, she's a much more realistic, proportional woman. Yeah, I just wasn't interested in the games. If anything, I'm interested in the Nathan Drake stuff. Does that make sense? It does. Anyway, yeah, so there's an anime series in development. It's reportedly set after the events of Crystal Dynamics' most recent trilogy of games. So that'll be out on the lookout. And G4 has officially confirmed that X-Play and Attack of the Show will be returning in summer 2021. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I always did like these uh, those type of shows back when G four was a thing. Remember when G four was a thing? Yeah, I do. Why do you wish you were skinny enough to do what they do? What? Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, listen, she's <laughs> listen. Do, do you know how she got big titties in the first place? How? Well, I think they were working on the character design, and um, and yeah, it was a bunch of fucking guys staring at a computer screen, and one of them had accidentally, you know, pressed a button and it made her tits big, right? And at first, he was gonna like, like, oh my god, you know, change it back, but somebody was like, no, let's keep it that way. That would be you. That would probably that would that sound like something you know you're doing. No, no, we keep it like this. Really? I like the design. Really? Lord, I could believe it. That would be you. Oh my god! Just because you think I like big titties. You do like big titties. I mean, that's besides the point. Who doesn't like big titties? I don't know. You keep staring at mine constantly. Well, that's because they're huge and beautiful. Oh and my you keep. God, thank you. And you keep lifting your shirt up. I do not keep on lifting my shirt up. You seem to do a lot of that when I'm around. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, so... Okay. So, how much do you think 
the very first original Apple computer would go for. Oh, I know. I'm not even going to fucking try to guess that, but tell me. So the original Apple One computer, you know, it was it originally came out. Sorry, my my fucking uh, Echo Dot heard me. Okay, so the original Apple One P uh, computer. Not talking to you. Not talking. Oh my god, Louis, do something about your your sex slave over there. It's not my sex slave. Okay, so the original Apple One. Which was an original 1976 design created by Steve Wozniak has gone up on auction on eBay for you want to guess how much? How much? 1.5 million dollars. That's not decent. That sounds like a decent price. Yeah. And the Apple One was discontinued only a year later in 1977 when the Apple II was released. And the thing is, is that according to the registry, only 200 Apple I units were ever made. Oh, okay. So, there you go. And, uh... You know, but how about some gaming news? And, um, you know what? I'm going to save this for this one for last. But it's been confirmed that, uh, that, uh, Roger Craig Smith, who's best known for voicing Sonic the Hedgehog, is leaving the row after 10 years. Oh, okay. So that kind of sucks that he will not be, uh, they won't be, uh, signing anymore. And, uh, let's see what else. Okay, so remember we were talking about Bayonetta 3? Yeah. So, game director Hideki Kamiya says it's safe to expect news on the long-awaited Switch exclusive sometime later this year. So I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get it, too. Are you, though? Yes, yes, I am. You just gain, get it for her amazing ass and tits. Again, I'm not that shallow. It's an actually really good game. Good lord. Oh, we're getting a new Sonic uh, anime series on Netflix. I heard. Yeah, so, uh, Sonic Prime, which is set to yep. premiere in 2022. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it will consist of 24 episodes, which will follow Sonic on a high-octane adventure where the fate of a strange new multiverse rests in his gloved hands. 
So we'll see what happens. And according to Nintendo, uh, Nintendo has reportedly said there isn't much planning to announce a new model of Switch anytime soon. I don't know why everyone keeps thinking that, oh, you know, this year, you know, they're going to they're gonna announce the Switch Pro. They're going to announce the Switch Pro. It's like, no, they're not announcing anything for the Switch. They, how many times do they, do they have to keep on saying it? They're not announcing anything for the Switch. Not only that, but apparently uh, it's been reported that the Nintendo Switch Lite is about to outsell the Wii U. Yeah, there you go. Who knew that the Switch Lite would be a bankable thing? Yeah. Again, I'm not too interested in getting anything other Switch, you know, besides the one that I already have, because, well... That one does it for me. But you know what? I do like that D-pad that the Switch Lite has. I really, I really want them to come out with a D-pad for the a D-pad Joy-Con for the Switch. Again, I'm fine with the Switch that I have. I don't even use the Joy-Cons. You know what I use? I use my Pro Controller because a lot of games that I have don't require the Joy-Cons. Yeah, that's true. That is true, but still. But still. Uh, Country Crunchyroll has announced that it has partnered with Idris Elba and Sabrina Elba in conjunction with Idris's Green Door Pictures and Sabrina's Pink Towel Pictures to develop Dantai, a dark fantasy animated series for the streaming service. Oh, and we're oh, and we're having a um, and there is a release date for Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Ooh, when's that coming out? It'll come out on May fourteenth for PC via Origin and stream PS four and Xbox One. Okay, well, I know what I'm getting. So EA has confirmed that the Legendary Edition includes the single-player content for Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 3, along with more than 40 pieces of downloadable content, including story expansions, weapons, and armor packs. And all the content will be playable in 4K Ultra HD with HDR, according to EA. Nice. I know, right? And uh, are you going to get Mass Effect? I already have all three games on my PlayStation Three that I'm not playing at the moment. Who did you romance with? I, I never got that far. How do you not get that far in the game? Like, like I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm. This a, man has never gone for a Mass Effect to to the point he 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 romanced anyone. Like I never, I, I never got past the first game. He never got past the first game. Like, like I might actually have to restart everything. How far did you get in the first game? Not that far. I don't think Not so. Not that far. Because I got a little bored of it. You got bored of Mass Effect. What can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm easily distracted. Oh, no, you no. know, I'm easily distracted. 
you're easily distracted. I'm easily distracted, but yet you don't see me getting bored with my games. Ah, uh, man. What the hell is wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. I think something is wrong with you. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so here's some anime and manga news. So, translators Maru and David Evelyn has recently spoke up about manga translation and localization company Media Bank, which allegedly play, pays manga translators 120 yen per page. Do you know how fucking low 100, 120 yen is? No, how low is that? I mean, I can't imagine it's low, but give me the exact price in U.S. dollars. Okay, let me get on my app. Currency. Uh, 120 yen. It's about less than a dollar and 20 cents. Jesus, really? Yeah. Jesus, that's not even worth it. I mean, to translate manga? I don't know. I would want to be paid more if I'm going to have to, you know, figure out what each character in Japanese means in English, you know? Not only that, but the thing is, is that they want you, they want on your resume Japanese language and two proficiency. Manga game translation experience required. Image editing typesetting program, including redrawing experience required. Jesus. Yeah, they want all of that shit, but you're getting paid fucking not even minimum wage. And, and here's the thing. Evelyn has further explained the ridiculousness of the requirements. First of all, it's unclear whether they comprehend the job of a manga translator. Translation is handled by a translator. Lettering is handled by a letterer. And a corrections are handled by an editor. It's general practice to separate each of these. Or otherwise things won't move. They're not going to find a get a robo-like person. That combines three people into one. And. Yeah. And not only that. But this isn't the first company that has done something like this. Uh, let's see. Media Bank has responded to the allegations saying, oh, the 120 yen unit price per page is only an initial starting offer and the lowest rate reoffer. Yeah, their full statement is, we would like to clarify the misunderstanding caused by a previous email we sent to freelance translation applications. We at Media Bank do not require our freelance translators to both translate and typeset our manga content. We hire separate typesetting specialists to letter, redraw, and clean manga pages. Our translators are hired strictly for the purpose of translation. However, in special cases where an individual has translation and typesetting experience, we negotiate a t unit price per page that reflects the cost of both tasks. Yeah, uh, we apologize for any misunderstandings this has caused. We have taken community feedback to heart and will strive to make improvement to our localization department in the future. 
still though, 120 yen is not a lot of money. No, it's not. And according to Maru, five, $5 per pages is closer to industry standard among U.S. manga publishers. But still, man. Yeah. And um, let's see. Um, okay. Did you hear about how um, it's been reported that the Japanese government is considering rules that will allow copyright holders to regulate cosplayers for income earned from cosplay activity? In other words, if you're a cosplayer and you make money from your cosplay, the government is going to, uh, the Japanese government will see that as copyright infringement. I mean, it's not really copyrighted unless, you know, the actual creator of the actual, you know, anime slash manga character says it's copyright. The report noted the government is currently investigating the issue, seeking opinions from both copyright holders and cosplayers. But there is no proposed legislation as of yet. Cosplayers can earn income from cosplaying through such methods as subscriptions or membership services, compensation for appearances at events such as conventions, or selling their costumes. The question of whether of whether cosplay violates copyright law by infringing on reproduction or adaptation rights has been in discussion by many within and outside the company cosplay community for years. So we'll see what happens with that. Yes, but why now are they getting on, on people that's into cosplay now? I don't know, man. But... Uh, but speaking of conventions, it's been announced that uh, that Setsukon, a Pennsylvania-based convention, has canceled its in-person event and will switch to a virtual event in April. Okay. That, uh, yeah, it'll be a free-to-attend virtual event. That will take place on April 10th and the 11th. And uh, that's not the only convention that has also uh, canceled its, its thing. Um, Seattle SakuraCon 2021 has also been canceled. Yeah. So active 2021 memberships for the convention will automatically be transferred to 2022. And the event was slated for April 2nd through the 4th. So, of course, you know, they canceled it thanks to, uh, thanks to uh, COVID. Yep. And Otakon's future is in uh, precarious positions as they're thinking of just permanently shutting down their convention. In fact, Otako right. President Brooke 
Zalut announced in a newsletter on Thursday that the organization is requesting donations for the first time. The AutoCon convention staff are continuing to evaluate plans for 2021 and noted that the event may permanently close, potentially close permanently. All right. So, I mean, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, AutoCon is, of course, um, is a convention that that is in uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens to that moving forward. Um, okay. So, uh, Crunchyroll has announced that it will begin streaming original Mobile Suit Gundam. From the 70s? Yep. Oh, God. Well... Nin- oh, God, well, well, I don't want to watch that in dub. Well, 1979. Isn't that the first one, though? Like the yeah, the very, Gundam? very first Gundam series, yes. Oh, God. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, you can watch the series. Uh, you can watch the series. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think you can watch the series both sub and dub. Do you really want to watch an anime from the 70s that's dubbed? I have it on Blu-ray. How does that sound dubbed, by the way? It still, it still holds up. It still holds up. It still holds up. So I don't know what you're complaining about, but it still holds up. I've seen some animes from the 70s dubbed, and let me tell you. Yeah, they're... Some of them are questionable. Uh, anyway... Okay, so, okay, you know, okay, you heard of uh, the Mother series, right? Yes, I have heard of the Mother series. Is it coming out to Nintendo Switch? Uh, no. But we're getting a soundtrack album, which will be distributed digitally in the U.S. and Canada. Uh... Oh, it's already released. The Mother Music Revisited album features tracks recorded, produced, and self-covered by composer Koichi Suzuka. I always wanted to play the Mother series. Never got a chance to even own a Mother game. Yeah, so the 10-song album will be available via download and subscription service such as Spotify, Apple Music, and iTunes. Well, I know where to go to now. Thank you, Spotify, for me. I know. And uh, it's been announced that we're getting a second season of Goblin Slayer. 
I know, I already saw that it was announced over on Anime List, where I usually go. I do have an Anime List account where I have posted up anime that I have already completed, anime that I'm watching, or I have on hold. But yeah, no, it was announced through them, and then Twitter announced it, and I'm here going, I'm happy. <laughs> I have never... I'm legit happy now. I have never seen the first Goblin Slayer. You need to watch it. I highly recommend Goblin Slayer along with the movie. The movie is on, I think, I think it's on Crunchyroll still. I don't know. But you know what? There's I, a movie. I, but you know what? I didn't watch the first season because I heard the very first episode is graphic. Yeah, it is very graphic. First season, I, I love graphic anime. I know you me. do. I, I love, uh, I well, love. Well, you like Elfin Lead. Yeah, no, the one scene at Goblin Slayer, I don't know if you've seen clips of it from the first episode, uh, they show Goblin raping a, I think she was a mage, either she was a sword fighter or a mage, I can't remember, but, oh yeah, they they don't hide it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, God. And they show what happens after when the Goblins rape the women, they don't come back normal. I would think not. So, yeah. No, no, oh yeah, they don't, they don't hide anything. But then it gets really good because we we even get like a dragoon type character, no, a dragonborn character, and some other kind of character. So yeah, I know we, we get some other characters as well too. Okay. And my favorite character, my favorite character, I believe she's a mage. She's a healer, but I like her though. Okay. So Crunchyroll had announced. That has garnered more than 4 million subscribers and more than 100 million registered users. The service has surpassed its 3 million subscribers and 70 million registered users uh, that was announced back in January 2020. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Especially following their acquisition. Uh, by Sony. Yeah. And finally, uh, before we head on over to our main, uh, to our main segment, uh, I am. Uh, this week has been, has been one for the laughs, especially in regards to uh, Wall Street. Yeah. Because of uh, the GameStop stocks. Now, for anyone who uh, doesn't know what's going on, a bunch of users on... uh, Well, okay, so originally what happened was a bunch of hedge fund managers decided to go ahead and short the stocks on GameStop. What shorting is, is basically they were uh, placing a bet. In this case... The bet was that the GameStop, that stocks on GameStop will continue to plummet. So as long as the, so as long as the stock value on GameStop was, was way down, these hedge fund managers will start making money, right? Right. Well, users on Reddit decide, you know, to screw over these people by buying stocks of GameStop. Does Increasing the value on the stocks of GameStop. Yeah. 
and uh, pretty much these hedge fund managers has lost. It's last I checked, they lost like five billion dollars. Yeah. If you ever want a deeper explanation, though, there is um, Stephen Colbert had uh, had did this whole segment. But using Beanie Babies as the analogy, and it's so fucking perfect. Oh, yeah, you show me that. I'm like, what the fuck am I looking? At first, I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at until I actually saw it. I'm like, oh, God. It's true. And, and yeah, now now these hedge fund managers who, who were used to manipulating the market and doing some shady stuff on, on Wall Street are unhappy when... Someone else is now doing the same fucking thing they've been doing. Yeah. And now they're now suddenly saying, oh, no, we want regulation. We want regulation. Like, motherfucker, you've been the one that's saying that you didn't want regulation for years. Now suddenly you're in for regulation. What the fuck? So, yeah, I'm not too sad when hedge fund managers fuck up. Are you? No, not really. Who's in favor of hedge fund managers anyway? I mean, unless you are the hedge fund manager. That's the only thing that I could think of other than that. Not really. And this whole story has spiraled out of control so much so that um, several movies are in development based on this story. And a TV series. Several TV series. Yeah. I I kind of want the same people that did the big short to do this movie. Have you have you have you ever seen that movie, The Big Short? No, I have not seen it. Oh my god. Okay, so basically what the what the big short is. Again, a short is that you're betting against the market, right? Right. So a bunch of people found out that the housing market wasn't as stable as people thought it were because, hey, giving free money to poor people, yeah, that's not going to be a good idea. You know, uh, especially yeah. if you're, especially if you, if you want these people to, to uh, be able to, to afford their, um, uh, to afford paying their mortgages. Yeah. So a bunch of people uh, decided to short the housing market, betting against. And of course, everyone laughed at the idea of like, well, who's not going to be paying their mortgages? But that's how the housing market collapsed. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we keep bailing out Wall Street because for some reason or another, you know, we think that these people need our help. They don't need our help at all. Uh, then, to be perfectly honest, again, I'm not sad when dumb Wall Street people lose lose five billion dollars because a bunch of people on Reddit decide decided to say, you know what, fuck these assholes. Yeah. So, anyway, that's all I got for now. Uh, you you got anything else to say? No, nothing at all. Okay, we're going to take a quick 
short break and when we'll be back we're going to be talking about some james bond movies you're listening to the woodsman podcast Welcome back to the show. And on this segment, we're going to be talking about some of the older James Bond movies, specifically the Sean Connery Bond movies right. and the single George Lassenby movie. <laughs> but, uh, But yeah, like we uh the last time we talked about Bond, we talked about like the Daniel Craig era Bond movies. Yeah. Which I which you told me that you that you were pleasantly surprised at how much you really did like those movies. Yeah. 
But but I think that was because there were more action based movies. Yeah. But the thing is, is that um, you know Daniel Craig's movies have always been. Uh, uh, there's always going to be some comparison to the first Bond that started it all. Yeah. And Daniel Craig has always been compared to Connery's performance, especially considering the fact that it does seem as though that both Connery and Daniel Craig's they look like like they actually do they do look like professional killers. They do. You know, they 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 actually look like they can they can kick some ass and take some names. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is, is that I've 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 um, you know I didn't start watching the Bond films until uh, well, as a kid, I never watched any of the older Bond films. I, I as a kid, I watched uh, Pierce Brosnan's Bond. You know, so that wasn't until much later. So it wasn't until a couple of years ago, actually, that I really started to go ahead and watch the Bond, uh, the older Bond films, especially when I was able to watch them, um, you know, on Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix. Yeah. Like, I had to really look for them. Yeah. Uh, the only Bond film that I saw as a child. Was uh, Die Another Day. That was one of the first ones that I saw because my grandfather likes Bond films. He likes a bunch of James Bond films, but I never watched them with him because, of course, as a kid, I found them boring and very hard to watch because all I thought was we're fucking talking because it took, like, what? To have the movie for the action to kick in? And I remember, I think I fell asleep through Die Another Day. Because they're just, I just couldn't get into it. If I watch it now, yeah, I probably would like it. But again, I only like the movie just for the song. Right, right. No, I guess. Because there was Madonna. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that. But anyway. That's the only reason. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but... Um... But you know, last year um, I decided to buy these movies uh, digitally because I think they were like much too expensive to own physically. And as I've stated yeah, multiple, you told me. And then from and from what I've always had stated to you before, um, you know, I'm running out of shelves. I'm running out of space in my uh, in my little man cave. Well, if you got rid of your Gundams, you would not have, you know, this issue. I don't want to get rid of my Gunpla. And, um... So, so this is why I decided to buy these movies uh, digitally. Especially, uh, because they were on sale. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, so, but instead of doing a whole James Bond, I decided, you know what? Let's let's break these into based on their actors. Yeah, more or less, because 
Because, yeah, uh, Sean Connery's Bond, we have at least um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies of him as Bond. And one movie of George Lassenby as Bond. Yeah. And uh, and then we have um, Roger Moore, who did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven Bond films himself. Well, Timothy Dalton only did two Bond films. And uh, Pierce Brosnan only did one, two, three, four Bond films. But anyway, <coughs> so I did some research. I did some things. So we'll start with with uh, Doctor No, which which in itself is a pretty simple simple film, you know. Yeah. So the movie came out in 1962. Uh, of course, it, sh- it stars uh, Sean Connery as as uh, James Bond, Ursula Andress as Honey Ryder, Joseph Weissman as Doctor No, Jack Lord as Felix Later, Bernard Lee as M. So in the movie. Um, in in the movie, uh, two uh, two two colleagues of uh, of of MI six goes missing in the Bahamas, forcing Bond to uh, to go out there and investigate. Yeah, and during his investigation, he finds out that uh. That uh, that an Asian, I, I think he was supposed to be like Asian German scientist, but the name of uh, Doctor No is uh, is planning to disrupt the American space program at, for um, since he was working for uh, for an organization called Spectre. And uh, Bond manages to uh, to stop Doctor No, and uh, and goes, yeah, he stops the bad guy and gets the woman in the end, Honey Ryder. So this very this was the very first movie where we get the iconic, you know, oh, what's your name, Bond, James Bond. And it's such a very yeah. cool scene that he does that. You know, where he's like playing playing Baccarat. I think I think that's the game. Yeah. And he's smoking and he's being all suave and sophisticated and and um it's a really good film. Uh yeah, you know, the, I will say that you might have uh you might be onto something as there was a little too much talking. Cause it takes a yeah. while because it takes a while for the action to kick in, you know? Well yeah, that's what I've been telling you. I'm here going, when is she gonna kick someone's ass? 
Why do I came here to watch a bunch of ass kicking, not a bunch of men talking to one another. Well, I do like that one movie where where Bond. I do like that one scene in the movie where Bond coldly kills that one doctor. Like when, like when, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, like when Bond um, sleeps with that one girl and then has her arrested. Yeah. And it's just playing solitaire while waiting for this guy to show up. And when he does, he shoots the bed, thinking the Bond's in there. Yeah. And then Bond smoothly and coldly is like, oh, you know, that's a Smith and Wesson and you had your six. And then shoots the guy like it's nothing. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, this movie, well, it might be the very first Bond movie. It actually is based on a book. And the thing is, is that Dr. No, one, two, three, four, five, it's it's actually number six on the uh, on the James Bond book list. Yeah. But one of the reasons they um, they decided to go with this movie as the first movie instead of, like, say, Casino Royale was because if you read the Casino Royale books, it's it's a little um, uh, it's it's not too much on the action. Yeah, like I think we meant like I think I even mentioned it when we did the Daniel Craig Bond movies. The Casino Royale wasn't wasn't like this big action heavy. That the book wasn't this big action heavy piece as it was in the movies. But they had the to movie, really, yeah. they really had to modernize it and everything else. Well, yeah, because again, you're not there to, you know, to watch a bunch of people gamble and talk. No, you're there to watch people get fucking murdered. And this guy going around killing people. Of course, at this point, I'd rather watch John Wick. <laughs> at least I can figure out how to kill a man with a pencil. I love that scene. He killed. I saw him go into a bar and kill and kill men with a pencil, with a fucking pencil. Uh, but anyway, um, so the reason they chose Doctor No was because, at the very least, it was a uh, for budgetary reasons. It was set in in a single location, the Bahamas. And uh, and really, you know, there um, there wasn't too much of a of um, a big uh, car scene, car chase scene. But for but for introducing the world to Bond and everything, it it did its job. It, I really did enjoy this movie. Yeah. And I'll give this movie. Um, at least three and a half uh, seashells out of five. Oh, God. I guess this one, three stars, no action out of five. You know what? At the very least, it gave us the titular, the titular Bond girl, Honey Rider. Oh, my God. Again, 
yeah, there's that, but at the same time, though, I, I'd rather, you know, see I mean, someone going around killing people. You know, I know, I, I know, I know, I, I know that's what you want to see. But, you know, that, that whole scene where she comes out of that, uh, comes out of the beach. Yeah. Top notch. You're, you're weird fantasies, you pervert. One weird fantasies. I'm just saying that was the scene that made her into a Bond girl. I know it. May, I know which scene it was that made her into a Bond girl, but still. Uh, also, the guy who, who uh, wrote the Bond movies, Ian Fleming. Yeah. Well, he was still alive when this movie came out. And he didn't like it. Like he did it. Why did he make it? Well, no, no, no. no. I mean, he wrote the book, but he didn't like the movie. Yeah. He didn't. Okay, I'm not gonna question it. I think from what from what I understand, he he also didn't like. um, He didn't like Sean Connery, uh, in the row. It's no different than Stephen King not liking adaptation, you know, adaptation movies from his books. Like, I know he didn't like uh, how The Shiny was, the original. I don't know, he fucking hated that movie. Because he said it wasn't anything like his book. Well, here's the thing. Uh, according to IMDb, um, the, reason that, sure. the reason that Ian Fleming didn't like Sean Connery was because... Bond was English and Connery was Scottish. Bond was oh. from an upper class background and Connery came from a working class background. Bond was refined and educated and Connery was too rugged. However, it, it did apparently Fleming softened and decided that Connery was perfectly cast. And I think it was after the second movie um from Russia with Love, that Connery did approve, that Fleming did approve Connery as Bond, to the point that on the novel, on Our Majesty's Secret Service, Bond was revealed to have a Scottish ancestry. So, so Connery, so Ian Fleming did make Bond uh, part Scottish because of Connery's performance. Yeah. Which moves us to our uh, second movie from Russia with love. So the movie came out in 1963. And uh, once again, sorry, Connery as James Bond, uh, Daniela Bianchi as Tatiana Romanoffa, uh, Pedro Hamandroyes as Ali Karim Bey. Uh, Letta Kenya as Rosa Klebe, Robert Shaw as Donald Red Grant. Oh. So in this movie, uh, the organization that Dr. Knows behind was a part of, Spectre, was, um, had quickly devised a way to get the revenge on Bond while stealing a piece of Russian equipment 
by having Rosa Klebb, a former Russian KGB commander, uh, using her connections to convince a uh, a a Russian secretary for the for the Turkey embassy to pretend that she wants to defect to the U.S. and in return that she will give the British a um, a piece of equipment of a uh, Soviet encryption device. So Bond. Uh, falls for the ruse. Uh, meets up with uh, Tatiana Romanoffa, and with the help of uh, Ali Karim Bey, uh, tries to escape from from Turkey, but not before realizing that he's being followed by by a Spectre agent, Red Grant, who is sort of designed to be like. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, you know what? He kind of reminds me of um, that one character from um, from Rocky from Rocky Four, Drago. Yeah. Like this big, intimidating Russian guy, you know? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he looks like he could be Bond's equal and stuff. But yeah, like the first couple of film, but like the first few minutes, it's sort of like a spy versus spy kind of thing. As uh, as Bond tries to navigate his way through Turkey, he gets involved in the middle of a firefight between uh, 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 a gypsy battle. <laughs> <laughs> like, re- like, remember that scene where he's involved in a gypsy battle? Yeah. God. I think that was even the first time he even had a threesome. Remember when those two girls? Yeah, do you really count that as a threesome? It might be. It fucking might be. They had their clothes on still. I mean, they showed up in his in his tent and leave for the and stay there for the night. What the fuck do you think they were doing? Playing cards. Oh, yeah. Bond was showing them solitaire. <laughs> yes. Solitaire. Well, I don't know. How would you feel if me, if me and another girl who is attracted, you know, showed up in your tent in the middle of the night? I think you both know what I would try to do. And then we all play solitaire for the night. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even believe that. No, we end up in a hot, sticky mess. Yeah, you'll probably be walk- waking up like, oh my God, what the fuck did I do last night? Who is that strange chick? I'd be more confused about who the other girl is. Uh Anyway, nothing to the fact though I'd be confused about about another girl. Would you be that confused? Depending, am I drunk or am I high that day? Uh, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Then yes, I'd be confused. Would you really? Anyway, 
So, so, uh, so Bond manages to, uh, to, to kill Red Grant. He, uh, get, he and Tatiana, uh, escape from the train and, and it's such a wonderful little, uh, uh, where, where, where they're on a boat, they're trying to escape from the guys. That's a really, like, towards the end of the film, it's a really action set piece. Yeah. And towards the end of the movie, um, Bond kills uh, Rosa Klee because she tries to come in and kill Bond at the last minute. Yeah. But it doesn't work. And then uh, he is... Um, and then he's somewhere, uh, you know, with, with uh, Tatiana. And that's the end of the movie. So what were your thoughts yeah. on the movie? It was okay. I think this is possibly, I mean, in retrospect, I think this is Connery's best Bond yeah. film. It wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, God, I cannot watch them. I need a distraction. It was watchable. But I'm more used to, you know, the current Bond films. Right. So watching these films is like going, I can get, you know, where most of the, you know, quirky scenes come in. I get that. I can respect that. At the same time, they're trying to watch these movies and take them seriously. Little bit hard to do. Uh... As, as, uh, especially with all the uh, misogynism going on in the movie. Oh, yes. Especially more... That one, that one was more of a, of a step up in the film. Yeah. But actually, did you know that... The, okay, so the reason they made this film, because, again, if you go by the books, uh, From Russia With Love comes before Dr. No. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. If, do, uh, do you remember in the in the very beginning of Doctor No, Connery, uh, James Bond had to um, had to get a new gun. Yeah. But that's because in the book, from Russia with Love, Bond actually gets hurt by Rosa Kleep. Yeah. Because his gun jammed jammed up on him. So that's why in the next book. Bond gets the gets his uh, now now famous Walt, Walter PPK. Yeah. Because his Beretta had jammed up on him in the in the in in the book, but in the movie, they don't show it like that. So one of the reasons they made this movie was because did you know that that uh, President Kennedy. Was a huge fan of Russia from Russia with Love. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was, I think it was even on his list for like, for like, presidential books to read. Yeah. Or like a hundred books that the president likes to read. Anyway. So they really wanted to capitalize on his. Um, yeah. Then President John F. Kennedy listed E.M. Fleming's book as among his top ten favorite novels of all time. Oh. 
And not only that, but from Russia with Love, this was the last movie JFK ever saw. That's pretty sad, yeah. And yeah, this made Bond into a household name. I think it made gangbusters uh, in the theaters. All right. Also, okay. So, uh, you might be surprised to hear hear about this. But did you know that From Russia With Love and Dr. No were the only two films that used Sean Connery's real hair? What the fuck? Really? <laughs> That's his actual real hair. Where does his fake hair then? Yeah, yeah, that was that was his real hair. They, he was already he, he already started his hair started to thin and he started to lose it. So the makeup department, you know, did some special effects on his on his head to make him look like he still had a full head of hair. Oh God, I feel so bad for the man. But yeah, that was his real. I mean, he didn't he didn't use a headpiece. It, it, it's not a, it's not until later films that he that he's wearing a toupee. Okay then. But yeah, that was his real hair. <laughs> this movie and the last movie. I did not I couldn't even I didn't even notice. But no, I I mean I really did enjoy the movie. I really did like um that there was an an, an antagonist that was that was supposed to be the the James Bond killer. Oh yeah. But then he gets killed by Bond. Or the or the fact that Bond isn't taken in by um by uh Tatiana's feminine wiles. Like yeah. a, like at one point he's even slapping her and telling her, like, hey, what's what's really going on? Yeah. Of course, then again, you know, this was back when Connery believed that slap, slapping women was an okay thing to do. Again. Yeah, not so much anymore. Again, the misogyny. Yes. No, it's, it's never okay to slap a woman now. That, that goes into legal matters. <laughs> yep. But I, I really did enjoy this movie. I think, again, I think this is Connor as his best performance as Bond. Yeah. And I'll give this one uh, four and a half gypsy threesomes out of five. I'm giving it four and a half too, and you stole my line. <laughs> you bastard. You bastard. Okay, fine. I'll give this threesome. one. I'll give this one three and a half. Uh, Soviet devices out of five. Three and a half. I do know Lou Jerry said a gypsy threesome out of five. Dear God. I'm I'm hoping that they're just sitting there playing cards. You know they weren't. It's Bond. It is. I can. I can dream, can't I? Oh, my God. Yeah, if your dream is a, it's a PG rated, is PG rated, and we know and usually it's not. Hey, hey, I can be PG. Uh huh. PG usually. 
Sure. Hey, hey, that's only for the midnight podcast. Oh my god. So we move on to to uh, 1964's Goldfinger. And this is when the production is, I think, like, was at a high, really high scale. I mean, the song, the song was good. Yeah. The song that plays in the beginning of the movie was really good. So, bo- yeah. so once again, Connery returns his bond. We got Gert Frobby as Goldfinger, Honor Blackman as Pussy Galore, Shirley Eden as Jill Masterson. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, the name Pussy Galore. <laughs> Harold Sakata as Odd Job. I know, I know. What? 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 Am I too immature? Uh, <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, sure. You're not. At least I'm not laughing. I can't help it. So easy. I know you are. What? <laughs> uh, you okay? Yes. You live? Yeah, I live. Oh, my God. Anyway. So in the movie, um, we see Bond vacationing out in Florida, where uh, where uh, he he decides to get on the uh, where Bond gets on the bad nerves of Goldfinger, Ulrich Goldfinger, which results in a girl. In, in the girl that he was sleeping with in the movie being, um, well, covered in gold. Like, there's that whole famous scene where Bond wakes up and he sees the girl covered in, in gold. And I think she died from skin suffocation. Yeah, that was usually what happened. I, I if didn't. That didn't. If that fucking didn't kill you, everything that goes into your fucking body and lungs would have. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, your skin is made out of pores. What happens if those pores get blocked? Still. Mind-blowing. Science. Science, exactly. But so- yes... Your skin needs to breathe. Why do you think at times I sleep naked? You think I just do that just to, just you know, just to be a slut? You don't want me to answer that. Let's just you move on. <laughs> I get very uncomfortable, and it feels like I can't breathe. That's why I sleep naked, because I feel more comfortable without any clothes on. Ugh. And you're thinking that I'm a slut? What is wrong with you? <laughs> you're a slut dragon. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think I'm a slut because I sleep in my underwear? Yes, I do think so. Oh, you're sure. a slut. You are a slut. You sleep naked all the damn time. Or because I get hot very easily. 
Don't read. Don't re- don't read into that. <laughs> By too hot, do you mean the fact you know that you have a boner and it's uncomfortable to sleep with oh pants on? Oh my god! Moving on. <laughs> so that's when Bond decides to investigate uh, Goldfinger, and during the course of his investigation. Uh, Bond gets captured by Goldfinger, convinces Goldfinger to keep him alive, and then later on finds out that Goldfinger is uh, planning to steal, uh, to invade Fort Knox to steal, to steal the gold. Bond manages to convince Pussy Galore to help him. Yeah. In it, it, but you know what? It's one of those scenes in the movie where, like, he overpowers Pussy and has his way with her. That if you try to do it, if you try to do that scene, if you try to now, now, it, 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 no, it, it's rape. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of does look a little bit rapey, doesn't it? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I'd be concerned if you try to force yourself on me like that without my consent. Marissa, if we were fooling around and I throw you onto the bed. Uh huh. And I grab your wrist, push him, and pin you, pin you to the bed. Hey, hey, don't get my BDSM fantasy, fantasies in here. You would. Exactly. There you go. Tell me you hey, wouldn't get hey, there, hot from difference. that. There is a big difference between me wanting to be pinned up against a wall and in the bed, having a man, have, uh, while a man has his way with me, comparatively to this movie. Okay, which is? That woman was not accepting it. Not at first. But, that, but, accept, but with me, though, I'd be accepting it fully all the way. Yeah, no, I get you. There, you see, there's a complete difference, you sick pervert. I'm not the one that made the fucking scene. Oh come on! You I would that say you I, dream. I would tell you there's a difference between 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 what Bond did and what we were doing. Oh my god! What is that like your wet dream to have? No, no, it's not. But you know what? It's even worse in the in the book. What? I never read the books. You might want to tell me. I've read. I read the books. I read okay, most of the so, books. So how is it worse in the book then? Because in the books, uh, pussy's supposed to be gay. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No. And the idea that Bond turns a gay woman straight. Straight. With the uh, power, with the power of his dick. Dick, uh, that, that's not how you turned. That would make them more gay. Stupid. Like yeah, that's <laughs> like like yeah. Uh, so what's worse, <laughs> the, the book, book is a lot worse. the book, or the go, or the movie, which is well, the movie they made. So there you go. Yeah, that's not as bad as the book, but uh, yeah, the book. Uh, yeah, no, it's <laughs> funny story. Apparently, I turned my ex gay. I'm I, even to this day. I'm like, how the 
fuck did you do that? Apparently, according to him, my pussy wasn't good enough. <laughs> Just think about that. Good lord. I'm not I don't that. I don't want to think about that. That's You don't want to think about that? That's fucking dumb. That's as dumb as dumb can get. Well, actually, well, yeah. So, Goldfinger, like I said, was planning to go to Fort Knox not only to steal some shit, but I think he was also there to contaminate the gold reserve. Yeah. Plunging the US economy into disarray. So, Bond manages to stop that. Uh, him and Pussy Galore uh, are on an airplane to visit the president and that's when Goldfinger shows up and a gunfight ensues and the gun goes off shoots the window and Goldfinger (laughs) it's a very funny scene where he gets sucked sucked out of the plane oh yeah that's a very funny scene And then the last few minutes is Bond and, and, and Pussy. What was it? Like an at uh, like managing to survive. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. But yeah, this yeah. was a really... I, again, I really did enjoy this movie. Uh, again, they ramped up the actions. I think they even ramped up the uh, the special effects. Like the gadgetry yeah. that goes on. And it was also the first time that we saw... James Bond's most iconic car. Oh, yeah. The Aston Martin DB5. Which, that's a classic car for a good fucking reason. Yeah. If I had to choose a car from that era, it would definitely be... It would be that car. It would be that car. Oh, you mean that you're not going to choose, you know, your Nissan Skyline? First of all, I said from that era... This is 1964. The R34 wouldn't be invented for another, what, 40 years? Again, you only like the car because it's from a fucking movie. That's all you like older cars for if they're from something. Listen, who cares where... So what? People like like muscle cars because they appear in a lot of these movies. Yeah. That doesn't stop them from ma- from being really good cars. The Nissan Skyline R34 is a really good car. It's probably one of the best Japanese cars out, out there. And that's not just me saying it. That's a lot of people fucking saying it. And that Aston Martin for that time is a really good car. Classic car. Would I want to drive that car today? Probably not. You know, I, I give me give me a more uh, give me an up to date Aston Martin to drive. Come on, tell me you wouldn't want. Tell me you don't think it would be cool to be in an Aston Martin. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I really did enjoy the movie. It it was um, again a little bit more 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 actiony, and uh, and yeah, 
that whole odd, you know, odd job thing. You know, odd job was very intimidating as a as a villain, wasn't he? Yeah. Like I said, the only thing the only thing though is that again, that whole thing about him. Good lord. Him and pussy. I can't. You're still laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> really? This is what I have to work with. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Are you sure? I'm good. God damn it. Uh, anyway. But yeah, no. Um, I think my favorite scene... Yeah, I think my favorite scene had to be that car chase scene with him in the Aston Martin using all its gadgets. My favorite scene is when they introduce Boutique Lord. The perfect scene was I was sitting here watching the movie, I was drinking, and that's the first thing that they said. My name is Pussy Galore. Try not to spit out my drink. What? So then I rewind it again. Yeah, my name is Pussy Galore. And then Bond is saying I must be dreaming. Yes. The original... The original dialogue was supposed to be... I know you are, but what's your name again? But apparently that was deemed to be too suggestive. Uh, look at the name. I think that I, I think that line would have worked more. Yeah, maybe. Oh no, the, oh no, that scene was too suggestive. But yet, you know, it's okay showing you know a man hitting a woman or doing other things. Oh no, but just a one-liner. So, what'd you give this movie as a rating? Do you really want me to say it? Go ahead, Sam. Four out of five pussy galores. <laughs> you know what? I'll give this. Get over it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll be the more mature person and and say I'll. This is uh, you know what? Four and a half odd jobs out of five. So, what kind of odd job are we talking about? Oh, for God's sakes! Really? Yes. And uh, the next movie we see him in is in uh, Thunderball. So the movie was released in uh, 1965. And... uh, 
once again, Connery. Uh, we have uh, Claudine Auger as Domino, Adolfo Selly as Largo, Luciana Paluzzi as Fiona, Rick Van Nutter as Felix Leader, Guy Doman as Count Lipe. So in the movie, uh, Spectre steals a couple of nuclear warheads and... Um, and expects both the U.S. and uh, British governments to pay him, uh, to pay Spectre a lot of money. So when, so Bond, um, so while, but, but before Spectre does this, Bond is like at a, at a wellness treatment center where he um, where he spots what looks to be a uh, a bad guy in the movie uh, at that same wellness treatment center yeah like he notices a couple of things off and then when specter steals the warheads he he decides that what he saw at the uh, wellness treatment center compels him to go to the Bahamas to investigate what's going on. But can we talk about that one scene in the movie, in, in the early movie, especially at the treatment center? So remember when I said that bomb might be a little bit rapey? Yeah. If that scene where he pushes in the last movie, if that scene where he pushes uh, uh, Pussy Galore around and has his way with her. Yeah. In, in this scene, do you remember when he is um, kind of not attacked at the wellness treatment center, but but he's hooked up to a device and then his then, then the lady that works there turns the device off. And, yeah. And Bond makes it seem like it's her fault. And then, yep. And then when she's like, "Oh my god, you know, please, you know, don't, you know, I'll do anything, please don't." That's when almost like the porn music start, should should have started, where he takes her over if to the to the steam room yeah. and starts having sex with her. And you're just there going, what the fuck am I looking at? Again, if there was a porn parody of Bond, that's that's when the that's when it should have started. But looking back at there it now, there is no porn parody of Bond. Sadly. There isn't no, but no, but like looking back at it now, it's like oh, okay, no, that's a little that's a little uh, rapey, isn't it? If you say so, it can't be rape. At least she didn't want it. But the thing is, is that she refused all his advancements. And then, but when then later on wants it. And then when it seemed like her job was on the line. You know, that's when Bond traded his, you know, in, you know, was was like, OK, I'll shut my mouth. Tit for that. That's sexual harassment. 
I it learned. Is. I learned that on my sexual harassment training. Congratulations! Give yourself a round of applause that you did that. Uh, okay. I guess I'll give myself a round, a round of applause. <laughs> Yep. Yes, I did. So anyway, so he goes over to the Bahamas, uh, starts to get to get, starts to get to know uh, Domino very well. Realizes how well, how well are we talking about? Well, he realizes that Domino is related to the um, is related to is the sister to. Uh, to the guy who um, who who it appears stole the nu- uh, the nuclear warheads. Yeah. Like I say, gets you know finds out that Largo is is involved in it, and towards the end of the movie, uh, there's this ridiculous underwater battle. And it's super ridiculous. It's like, oh my god, this is I. What What do you thought of that underwater battle? Uh, it hurt watching it. Just what? That, that that's not how logic works. Okay, whatever. I give up. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's 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 not a good battle, to it's say the not. least. There's things that should not be a thing. That is one of them. So, so Bond manages to, uh, well, once again, save the world, get the girl. It, it, it's starting to be a little bit more. It's starting to be very formulaic. But but uh, what were, what were your some of your favorite scenes in the movie? Uh, in all honesty, I just didn't have a favorite scene for this particular movie. This one was more of a hit and miss for me. You know what? Um, I think this was the very first movie where we got to see our femme fatale. Yeah. Where we see Bond get get in bed with that uh, with that one uh, female killer. Of course. And then he, um, like, he intercepts a uh, a bullet meant for her, meant for him, but he he has it shoot at her. Yeah. And then he does that whole. I mean, the thing is, is that Bond is very famous for his like one liners, and I think this is one of the reasons why, because Bond, because Connery's Bond has like a lot of one one liners. Yeah. Like when he kills that woman, he takes her back to uh, to a table, and it's like, um, like um, um, you know, my friend is absolutely dead on her feet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I see what he did there. Really, really, get it? Get it? <clears throat> I get it. Then why are you not laughing? 
I'm laughing a little. No, you're not. Do you even have a soul? I do. You know I do. I wonder. <laughs> but anyway, um... So, what would you give this movie as a rating? I give this one three and a half dead women out of five. But you know what? It was around this time that Bond was, uh, well, Connery was getting a little tired of the Bond role. Yeah. So the next movie that came out was um, was You Only Live Twice, which came out in 1967. Yeah. Oh my God, this is a ridiculous movie in so many ways. It, it is. So, in this movie, in a plot to... Um, In a, in a plot to find out um, that a series of space hijackings have happened, like um, like the Russians think that the Americans are involved, the Americans think the Russians are involved. So to prevent their, so to prevent the Cold War from igniting, Bond is uh, fakes. Fakes his death and investigates what's going on in Japan. They're meeting up with an ally named uh, Tiger Tanaka. And like I said, trying to find out what's going, you know, what's going on in Japan. Uh, goes to a holdings company, finds out that the holding company might have something to do with Spectre. And in a very ridiculous, convoluted plot, agrees to go through facial reconstruction surgery. I mean, this is the 60s, though. So they didn't have... They put on some makeup and made them look Japanese, for God's sakes. And it's terrible. And it's... Do you know what what I'm thinking of? What? During that scene... That song, I'm turning Japanese. I'm turning Japanese. I'm thinking I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. So I'm just like, like, is that wrong of me? No, but it's racially insensitive to say the least. Like, oh my god, how? Okay, back then in the '60s, okay, '70s and '80s, semi okay. '90s to today, can't do it at all. But you know, this was the movie that gave us our most in, our most famous um, depiction of uh, Blofeld by Donald. Yeah. By Donald Pleasance. Oh yeah. Like the way he looks as Blofeld um, was the inspiration behind Doctor Evil in the Austin Powers movie. Yeah. One time I was, I was watching this at home and uh, my dad was like 
in the garage doing something. He looked at the TV and he goes, hey, is that Dr. Evil? And I had to explain to my dad, no, that's, that's a James Bond movie. That's an old James Bond movie. And that's where Dr. Evil came from. Yeah. Because it, cause, cause it had the bald head, the fucking white cat. Yeah. I, yeah. All that shit. I have a cat. I have a cat that sits on my lap too, and I can and I can pet her like that. I I I know you could. I know you could. Does that make me a villain, or does it really have to be a white cat? I think it has to be a white cat. Does it have to be? I used to own a white cat before she passed away. She was very old, but I I did have a white pussy though. Oh my god! Really? And you're still laughing. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, was, I have problems. You know what? You know what? <laughs> you know what you deserve? A cookie? Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Still, that was bad, and you should feel bad. The thing is, I don't feel bad. I need to be punished. Hmm, how punished? Very punished. Oh, uh, you know what? We're going to save that for the, for the midnight. For the midnight podcast? <laughs> we should, right? I didn't. I haven't watched the hentai yet because I'm waiting. Same here. But anyway... <clears throat> You know what? One of the things I also liked about this movie was that he also gave us another Bond card that I that I like. Was was that one Japanese Bond card, the Toyota uh, two thousand GT? Yeah, that was a very nice looking car. Oh, and they had to make make it convertible because Sean Connery was literally too big to fit in that fucking car. Really? Yeah, that car that tiny. Yeah, that car is that tiny. I, oh, wow. For God's sakes, you could see it in the pictures. I didn't think it was that small. Check it out. See? Oh. If there was a roof, his like he would not. His head would be hitting the roof. How the fuck did he drive in that? He wasn't driving in it. That the girl was. But how, how do you feel that? Like, how? Okay, so we got a couple of like nationally Japanese actors in the movie. Yeah. But but here's the thing: you may have seen a couple of them in other movies, like the one that works with with Bond is and is sort of like his Asian assistant. Well, her name is uh, Akiko Wakabayashi. Wakabayashi. Yeah. You may have seen her in such movies as Ghidorah, the three-headed dragon. The three-headed monster, excuse me. Yeah. She was also in King Kong versus Godzilla. 
Again, I haven't seen that one. And she was also in uh, in Ultra Q. Likewise, let's see. May Hama, who plays uh, Kissy, the girl that Bond supposedly marries. Uh, she she has also appeared in some um, in, in some toko uh, some tokoshatsu films such as uh, such as uh, King Kong Escapes. Trying to look at what else she may have done. The Lost World of Sinbad. Also in King Kong versus Godzilla. And uh, the guy who plays Tiger Tanaka, Tetsuru Tanba, Oh, wow, he was still doing films all the way up till uh, 2006. Oh. That's surprising. But, yeah, no, he did a ton of movies from way back in the day. Uh, let's see. See if there's any movies that you might be able to recognize. But anyway. Yeah, he was like in a bunch of samurai films. Uh. But yeah, this was but but during the timing of uh Connery as Bond in this movie, that was, this was when he was like most tired of the role. Because I think everybody was expecting him to be Bond all the time. Yeah. And that's and I'm pretty sure that gets tiring, don't you think? Yeah. That people expect you to be this one character all the goddamn time. Yeah. Like one time he uh he was seen without his toupee, like looking very relaxed and everything. And then and then like the Japanese like like, like a Japanese photographer was like, hey, is this how James Bond dresses? To which Connery was like, hey, I'm not James Bond. I'm Sean Connery. This is how Sean Connery dresses. <laughs> like, think of it this way. Uh, how tiring would it be if I expect you to dress all sexy 24 hours a day? I'm you, I'm already expecting you know you're gonna be like that. No, but how tiring would it be though? It would be very tiring. Maybe for once I wanna wear sweatpants. Or maybe for once I wanna wear, you know, no more jeans. Can't I be comfortable? And I do expect you to be comfortable. You know, I'm I'm not expecting you to dress up all fancy. Maybe when we're out on a date or something. And even then, I we dated before. I 
I didn't have a problem with the way you dressed back then. Back then, I wore nothing but mini skirts for you. Hey, you wore jeans. Yeah, sometimes I wore jeans, but there would be times where I wore like a mini skirt in front of you. That's because you wanted to wear a mini skirt in front of me. Damn right, I wanted to wear a mini skirt. <laughs> and and you could wear a mini skirt in front of me again. But I'm also going to realize that you're also going to probably wear sweatpants. Yeah, that would be inside the house. Unless it's hot and it's a hundred something in the house, then I'll be naked. So after Bond turns Japanese, he he goes to like some to some so fucking stupid. He goes to like a ninja training school. Oh yeah, so I'm here like going. So when does the racism come in? Besides Bond being Japanese. That's racism enough. Exactly. I was expecting more. Eventually he 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 finds out that that uh, that Spectre Blofeld is has a secret base underneath a hollowed out volcano. And I'm just like, where the fuck did he find the money to get a volcano? Where where do you get volcano money? <laughs> and the Japanese are like, yeah, we can sell you a volcano. Are you going to buy me a volcano? Oh, for God's sakes. Well, I have some men that will buy me a volcano. Really? Do you know anybody no, that has I'm the money to buy you a volcano? No. I, 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 I just like to say shit. So Bond stops, stops Blofeld, destroys, destroys the the base, and rescues the hostages, and that's pretty much it in the movie. Yeah, I mean, you can see where Bond is getting a little out of shape. Yeah, like he really isn't at his best in this film. So, what'd you give this movie as a rating? Four and a half. I'm turning Japanese out of five. Uh, God damn you. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I give this one four ninjas out of five. Giving four white pussies out of five. Oh my god, enough with the fucking <laughs> double entendres. <laughs> no, but you know what? Um, one interesting thing that I found out though, you know, in the beginning of the movie where Bond is in that Japanese factory, um, fac- not factory, that Japanese office, and he gets, um, and he's getting his ass kicked by that one sumo wrestler guy. Yeah. Like this one big ass guy, right? Right. That is actually I think that's the great grandfather or at least the grandfather of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I did not know that. Cool. Yeah, you're looking at both those Yeah, you're looking at him and you're like, "Oh shit." Yeah, because, hey, you know what? 
the the rock comes from a, from a large family. Yeah. And by large, I meant large. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because the rock. I still How tall think is I, the rock? Huh? How tall is he, the rock? Let's see. I'm huh. already looking it up. The rock is 6'5". Oh, yeah. He's a, he, he's a big boy. I want to know how much... Apparently, according to his... To his uh, yeah, according to... Uh, to Wiki, he's about 260 pounds. Oh, yeah. Big but, boy. But that's 260 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Let's see. The Rock's grandfather. Yeah, because like I said, I mean... Yeah, because like I said, like, because like I said, that whole family is fucking huge. Like, have you seen, like, have you seen, like, his dad? His dad was fucking. Yeah, I've seen his dad a couple of times on things. Yeah, his dad was huge, too. Yeah. Yeah, the rock. Even though I love the rock, even though I, I, even though I love the rock for one reason only, he is the most attractive man ever. Uh, yeah, he's 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 definitely not ugly, and uh, and 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 quite intimidating. I'm not so much intimidated as I, I'm. I'm very curious. I don't think you'd be able to handle him. Lewis, you said that you said that about yourself that I won't be able to handle you. Listen, you won't be able to handle him. That's all I'm saying. I think I can handle anything. <sighs> anyway, moving on. So So yeah, Bond so Connery was getting tired of Bond so much so that he quit the role, right? Right. So there was actually uh, a casting call for Bond. And the role was given to uh, George Lassenby. Now, according to to multiple sources, George Lassenby lied on his resume to, to, to become Bond. What did he lie about on his resume? Well, he pretty much told told the producers that he was um, that he had acted in a few things. But yeah, when he, that's lying. But when he came, but yeah, but when he came to but when he came to actually 
you know, going ahead and, and doing the film. Yeah. He told the director that he was that he lied, that this was his first time, you know, doing a film. And the director laughed. Oh jeez. And was like, You fooled two of the most ruthless bastards I know in Hollywood. You're an actor. <laughs> also, allegedly, according to George Lassenby, because he did tell the directors that he was like a male model. Yeah. Like he told the producers he was a male model. Allegedly, according to George Lassenby, in order to prove that he wasn't gay, because at the time, uh, a lot of male models were, were gay. Yeah. So in order to prove that he wasn't gay, guess what George Lassenby had to do? What? The producers had sent a girl up to his hotel room. Oh, God. With some guy. Oh, God. And George Lassenby had to have sex with this girl. While this guy was in the room making sure that he was having sex. Yeah, here, let's prove to you if you're gay or not. Here, we're going to give you this attractive woman with someone watching you to make sure you have sex. Yeah, that's not uncomfortable. That would not make your dick shrivel up if someone having to watch you have sex. So in the movie, uh, Bond is trying to find... It's trying to find out where um, where uh, where Blofeld is at, and in the course of in the course of his movie, he falls in love with with Tracy, a a young girl that comes from a um, that comes from a from a family of gangsters. Who knows the location of where, of where uh, Blofeld is at, but does, but only on the condition that George last that George that James Bond, excuse me, continues to see Tracy and maybe perhaps eventually marry her. But over the course of the movie, he actually genuinely does fall in love with Tracy. But. But once he finds out the information, he goes undercover to Blofeld's allergy research laboratory in the Swiss Alps, where he surrounds himself with uh, beautiful women, and uh, you know he can't help himself as he gets into bed with one or two of them. He. His identity gets find, gets found out. He he manages to escape, but not before Tracy is kidnapped. And while MI five one, MI six does nothing. Bond decides to enlist the help of her dad, 
goes in, starts murking people. And, uh, yeah, once again, saves the world. Gets Tracy, marries her. But just as they're on their way to their honeymoon, she is uh, gunned down by Blofeld and the um, and the uh, Fraulein Irma Bunt. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Uh, how do you thought of this movie? Uh, it was okay. You know what? I I thought that George Lassenby actually did a really good job as Bond. Yeah. I would have preferred if it was like Connery as as uh, as Bond, just for that continuity, just for that having that continuity in there. Yeah. But George Lassenby did a good job as Bond. And, you know, to tell you the truth, according to uh, Sean Connery, he would have much rather have done that kind of Bond film than the last Bond film. But, yeah. But I, but I thought George Lassenby did a really good job as uh, James Bond. He really does portray that whole... Um, That whole um, uh, like that whole sophisticated man thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like, like you could really see George Lassenby, um, you know, in a casino wearing a tux and everything. Yeah. So I thought he did a pretty good job. I Tom Savalas as. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Telly Savalas, excuse me. Telly Savalas as Blofeld. I thought was pretty weak. I, I don't think I don't think he did a good that good of a job as Blofeld. Yeah. I prefer much of the other actor. Donald uh, Donald Pleasance as as Blofeld. What do you thought of Tracy as the Bond as the, the Bond girl? Well, as, especially as the one that eventually marries Bond. Yeah, she she did pretty good. It, it kind of did seem as though she was like a little bit more uh, suicidal. Yeah. But then again, you know, what do you expect? But you know what? I... To me, this movie was a little too long. Like, I got a little too bored sometimes in this movie. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a two hour and a half movie. Yeah, I was, I wasn't falling asleep, but I was getting distracted. And I'm here going, I, I need to keep watching this, but at the same time, though, I'm bored. I know, I know, and and even though the action does pick up towards the end of the, does pick up towards the end of the movie. It doesn't save it. It doesn't save it. Yeah. Okay, so the reason why this was this is George Lazenby's first and only Bond movie. Yeah. Okay, so George. So after the movie, uh, George Lazenby got really involved in the in the counterculture of. The 70s? Yeah. 
to the point that he started to look like a hippie. Like he grew out a beard. He's not supposed to grow out a beard at all, you know? Yeah. And uh, and, he, and and he started to think like that James Bond was like beneath him. It also didn't help that his fucking manager at the time thought that that spy movies were on the way out. Oh yeah. So because of those kind of shenanigans, this was like the last. Like I said, this was the first and only time George Lazenby appears as Bond. And since then, his other film roles has never done good at all. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at the movie right now. Like, I'm looking at his filmography. The only thing he has done was, okay, he was in Baywatch. I never saw the David Hasselhoff Baywatch. I know what it is. just never watched the whole thing. Yeah, me neither. I don't know what the hell. He was in Batman Beyond. That's who? Mr. Walker, the king. Okay. He was in Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Okay. And he was in Superboy, the TV series as Jor-El. All right. He was in Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series as Dr. Clark. Okay. He was uh, the return of the man from UNCLE. Yeah. He was in Hawaii Five O. Like he's done a couple of things here and there, but never to the extent, but never to the same international appeal as Bond, to say the least. Yeah. But then came a problem. The next Bond movie, Diamonds Are Forever. Who was going to play Bond? And they tried. They got several actors, but none of them were willing to do it. Yeah. So finally, Sean Connery agreed to do it. As long as he did a two-picture deal. And lots of money. Like, at the time, he was paid, like, an unheard of amount of money to play Bond. So in this movie, Bond is investigating some diamond smuggling that leads him all the way to Las Vegas. Where um where he meets up with um where he finds out that um that the man behind that that has taken on the appearance of Willard White is none other than Blofeld. Who's still alive. Played by Charles Gray. Now. If Charles Gray seems familiar to anybody. That's because he's already appeared. In Bond before. He played Henderson. In You Only Live Twice. Yeah. 
And he was also in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know. I knew he looked familiar when I saw him. I'm like going, that man looks familiar. And I saw him somewhere. I looked him up on IMDb. He is the narrator for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah, he is. Where he gets on the table and does the time warp. It's the God, time I love it. warp again. You see, you can't escape that song now. Uh, I, I, I it's a good song. I'm, I'm not gonna it say, is. I'm not gonna say shit or otherwise. Yeah. My so, favorite one is still, is still sweet transvestite. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we have Jill St. John as Tiffany Case and Lana Wood as Plenty O'Toole. God, these names are getting ridiculous. Plenty O'Toole. Hey, you want to watch these films? And I'm here going, I'm going to be making some jokes. I made a whole list. Also, also, uh, both ladies didn't like each other for several reasons. The biggest reason being that uh, both ladies were seeing Sean Connery at the time. Yeah, that doesn't go over very well. Aren't you glad that you don't have that problem? Yeah, so... so Not only that, but like apparently... Um, Bond wasn't sleeping too good at the time. Yeah. Which, from... Him being in Vegas, maybe playing in the casinos, putting in some golf, and seeing two women at the exact same goddamn time. Yeah. Probably didn't help much. Also, okay, did this movie also had one of the one of the biggest gaffes in movie history? And I'm surprised you didn't notice it. What is it? Okay, there's a move. Okay, there's a scene in the movie where um, it's a car chase scene, right? Right. Where, where, uh, where, where Bond gets the car onto two wheels. Yeah. And goes in through one alleyway. And then he comes out the other alleyway on a on the other set of wheels. <laughs> oh my god! Like they fucked up on the editing. Yeah. So. So there. Um, so. So in the. Uh, so when they noticed that gap, they decided the only way to make it right was for Bond to somehow... Oh, it's so fucking stupid. I'll show you. Oh, God. You're going to break me. Uh, let's I see. am going to get broken today. Diamonds are forever. Car chase. Yeah, you're going to see this. You're going to go, what the fuck? 
Okay. Oops. Because I'm trying to lower this fuck the volume. Okay, let me queue up because it's so fucking ridiculous. Don't forget to share screen. Okay, yeah. Start sharing. Okay. Okay, so here's Bond, right? Right. He's he's on one set of wheels, right? Right. He, okay. He yeah. goes he goes in. And see, this Popped. is... I remember this thing. Okay, and look what happens. This is how they justify fixing it. Do you see it now? Yeah. Like, how the hell does that happen? I don't know. Like, they thought that was the way to fix the film. And it kind of did, but it's so fucking dumb. You can still see it. Not only that, but you know what? Sean Connery is like very out of shape in this movie. Like they look more flabby than anything else. And look, I can't say shit about it. I'm I'm a big guy myself. But there's a butt somewhere. But I would try and get in shape if I was Bond. Yeah. So yeah, in the film, it's revealed that Blofeld is the one behind everything. So he uh, kid kidnaps Tiffany Case. Bond goes after him. Bond manages to uh, stop Blofeld's uh, schemes. Gets Tiffany Case, and as they're going on a on a ship. Two hitmen that we've been watching throughout the whole film, Mr. Kid and Mr. Wint. Now, apparently, we're led to believe that they're gay. Do you remember these two hitmen? Yeah. So, Bob manages to... I mean, they more, they're more strange than gay, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, they came out to me as kind of weird. Rather than full-blown homosexual. But Bond manages to kill both of them, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. But <laughs> but apparently both men had so thoroughly convinced that uh, that they were gay yeah. that years later, Bruce Glover, who plays Mr. Wint, was flirting with a female flight attendant. During, during an airplane ride home. Yeah. Until he heard somebody in a Scottish accent go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, he turn, way, and he turns around and it's Sean Connery. <laughs> also, Bruce Glover. If that name kind of rings a, rings a little bit of a doorbell... That's because he is the father. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see. Uh, he is the father of Crispin Glover. And if that name at all sounds very familiar to anybody, 
Crispin Glover played George McFly in the Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah, he played the dad to Marty McFly. I love how interconnected all these films are. I know. But yeah, like I said, this was uh, Bond's. This was Sean Connery's ba- uh, last film as Bond, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was uh, okay. Like if I was bored one day and this was if this was playing on the on a on a TV, I'll I'll stay and watch it. But it's, yeah, and that no, we're not gonna watch this. Like, oh hey, this is a movie to watch with friends. That's how you lose people. Not only that, but like if I wanted to show people, oh, what's a really good Sean Connery Bond film, this would not yeah. be it. I mean, the the, the song was kind of nice, though. Diamonds Are Forever. I wouldn't know. I skipped it. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the film wasn't good. Tiffany Case as the Bond girl was kind of ditzy. She was kind of dumb, wasn't she? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this was supposed to be Sean Connery's last film as uh, Bond. Supposed to. So what, so here's, here's what happened. So, um. So remember in the movie Thunderball? Yeah. That we talked to earlier in the in the podcast. Well, in that movie, uh, Ian Fleming didn't write the whole the whole. He 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 originally didn't write the whole script for that movie. It was supposed to be. Um, he actually had some help, but when that movie. Didn't turn out to be a movie. He turned it into a film. And he turned it into a book. That later on turned into a movie. But the original writers that helped Ian Fleming write that novel sued Fleming. Got some of the rights back and did their own movie. And they were trying to make this movie for years. But eventually in 1983, they made that movie called Never Say Never Again. Yeah. Starring Sean Connery. Yeah. Connery I decided to come back as Bond. And uh it's pretty much the same same movie as uh Thunderball. Just about the same sequence of events that happens. Uh you know, Spectre steals a couple of warheads. You know, Bond finds out that it's Largo behind it. Only this time they're giving him the first name of Maximilian Largo. And he gets into bed with uh, with Domino Patachi, played by Kim Basinger. If Kim... The name Kim Basinger sounds familiar to anybody. 
Oh, that's because she was in a little-known film called Batman. She was Vicky Vale in Batman. Yeah, I know. But yeah, she was the quote-unquote Bond girl. But you know what? This movie also has uh, also gave us uh, uh, Rowan Atkinson. Mr. Bean. Yeah. So in the movie, you know, Bond is is sort of like semi-retired. And, you know, similar to, again, original Thunderball, he... He goes over to a wellness retreatment center. While there, he finds a matchbook that belongs to Maximilian Largo, left by one of the, the patients, Jack Patachi. There, he. There, when the warheads are stolen, he uh, goes over to the Bahamas to find uh, Domino Patachi. And yeah, like I said, it's a lot of the same things that happen in Thunderball happens in this movie. And I don't know which movie is better or not, to be perfectly honest. Like I would say the original movie, just because it's it's the thing is, is that the original movie is canon. This isn't. This isn't canon yeah. at all. But I will say that Sean Connery is a much better shape in this movie. Than he is in the last movie. Although he is significantly older than his cold star. I mean, take a look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. At least you can still get hot women. Are you seriously complaining? No, no, I'm not. I mean, don't you have as a man that can get... that? You know, that is older that can get young, sexy, hot women. Actually, you know what was funny was that uh, this came out around the exact same time that an official bomb movie was out, too. I think it was uh, Octopussy. Yeah. Yeah, 1983, 1983. But, you you know, when Roger Moore was the older Bond getting hot women. It felt a little creepy to me. It's not creepy, but Hugh Hefner has a magic bill with women. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? When, it? when it's an older man and a younger woman. Much younger woman. You didn't think so. In fact, if I remember you correctly, you admire the man that can do that. Hey, the just- women only after him for his money. Hey, 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 if I'm, if I'm, if I'm an old, old man, you know, in my final years, was being in a relationship, was being in a relationship with a much younger, younger woman, like, look, she's my trophy wife, everyone knows she's my trophy wife, I, I don't care, I'm about to die, like, in two years, dude, I might as well live the rest of my life with a beautiful woman. Yeah, but Hugh Hefner had it all. Yes, yes, he did. Also, well, you, you want to know what's super interesting about um, Never Say Never Again? What? 
It was directed by the same guy who directed uh, The Empire Strikes Back. I did not know that. But yeah, like I said, this movie isn't considered canon, though. Yeah. And it's a remake of Thunderball. That's what it really is. That's what it boils down to. But, you know, this was the movie's... This was the... But Connery was the first Bond... uh, uh, James Bond. And and how would you... um, How do you feel Connery as the first Bond? I liked him. Like he was, he was convincing, right? As as a secret agent. Yeah. Yeah, he was really. Like I said, and 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 and, and you know, we were all so sad that he uh, that he died last year. You know, like I said, I I watched him in in this movie, in these movies. I watched him in uh, in some of his more later films, uh, The Rock. Remember when yeah. he was in The Rock? He was in the movie Highlander. And even though he stopped acting in the early by the early 2000s, that didn't stop him from voicing. Like I think he came back for uh, as Bond. Cuz he did voice Bond in the uh, Video game from Russia with Love that came out in two thousand five, that I I I actually heard was pretty good. Like it wasn't a bad video game, at all. In fact, I might I might go ahead and and, and buy it. One of these days. But um, but anyway, he will be surely missed. And he's the only he's the second Bond actor to die, but. What would you say if you had to put all his Bond movies in order from from which ones do you would you say are um from 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 the from his best films to his worst films? Uh his best films? Okay, cuz Okay, I will say, counting down from his bad films, I think his Diamonds Are Forever is not that good. I'll give it. Yeah. I'll give it uh, three and a half. Uh, three and a half. Um, exploding diamonds out of five. Three and a half exploding diamonds out of five. And never say never again. Even though I did like it, and I do give it a four, four remakes out of five. Yeah, it's not part of the official continuity of Bond. Uh, I like Thunderball. That one was pretty good. You Last only, time I like that one. Yeah, you only live twice. I think has to go to number four for me. Yeah. Uh, number three, I think, would have to be Goldfinger. Yeah. I know one of mine is on her Magic Secret Service. But that's but that's uh, George Lassenby's. Yeah. So, I don't think that quite counts. But I, I you it know, still counts. It still counts. Yeah. Still, yeah. I did like Goldfinger though. 
Yeah. I did enjoy course. it. And uh, From Russia With Love. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, Doctor No, I mean, it started it all, but it wasn't as good as his, as the later films. I didn't films. like Doctor No. No, but like I said, it was a really good... Um, like I said, you could fi- you could you could probably find a lot of the films online. They're easy to find, like on 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 Hulu, Amazon Prime, if you have it. Um, I bought these movies at discount on Vudu. Yeah. So that's where I went and watched these films. And um, and yeah, I really like I said, I really did enjoy. Enjoy these movies. And, um, overall, I will give this one, I will give Sean Connery's Bond four, four Bond girls out of five. I give them Three and a half Bond girls out of five due to the fact there were some there that I just didn't like. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, Sean Connery as Bond is is is, is up there. It's still up there as, as the fan favorite Bond. Yeah. So should we wrap things up? Yep. Okay, where can uh, people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Rufa Marsh Romy on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, Ufru uh, Marissa Marjorome, and I'm on Twitch, so Ufru Marjorome54, if you like to follow me on there while I stream games. And you can find me on uh, Twitter at DragoGod at Twitter.com. Next episode, we're going to be talking about Kyo Kyo Sentai GoGo 5 and Pine Rangers Light speed rescue as well as we're going to be talking about some anime uh we're going to be talking about uh our love story or my yep. love story because that's a really good anime and i really did enjoy it and it's around valentine's day so i may as well talk about something we, we may as well yeah, talk about I already, something yeah and i already finished it as well too so yeah we can talk about that for valentine's day any other anime you want to talk about uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep posted. I haven't really decided yet. I might not talk about another anime. It all depends. Yeah, I'm still watching a few. Yeah, yeah. I've I've watched some anime, so there might be some anime that I might willing to talk about. But it, but if we're only going to talk about uh, my love story, then that's fine by me as well. Yeah. All right. All right. So thank you all for listening. I hope to do this again real soon. Later's. Bye.